What's up, everybody? Brand new podcast. The Birdie Boy Relapse Tour is on general on sale right now at burtburtburt.com, September 8th, the Red Rocks Amphitheater. There are a few tickets left. Get your tickets now at burtburtburt.com. The link is there. It's a 7.30 show. Mark Norman is performing with me. Dave Williamson, the Park Theater at the Mirage in Las Vegas, September 28th. And then the tour kicks in heavy, October 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th. We've got Montgomery, Augusta, Charleston, Charlotte, Atlanta, Cedar Rapids, Green Bay, Peoria, Sioux City, Tampa, Orlando, Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Fort Myers, Hollywood, D.C., Boston, St. Louis, New York, Milwaukee, Chicago, Minneapolis, Rockford, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio. We are at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland, Ohio on November 20th, right before Thanksgiving. Bring your whole fucking family. Let's make Thanksgiving awkward this year. Austin, Texas, Tim Dillon's favorite hometown, December 2nd, Sugarland, Texas, Grand Prairie, New Orleans, Abilene, El Paso. Anyway, my point is, Find me on tour. Go to burpburpburp.com. See if your city is there. Today is a great fucking podcast. This guy was on the very first podcast I ever did and never released. And we laughed hysterically. He is in the documentary, The Machine, uh, which has never been released. We talk about that on this podcast. Um, we talk about we talk about that a lot. <laughs> Hopefully something will come of that. And, and people start saying, we talk about Tommy John again. We talk about doing the road. We talk about him getting married to a woman with two girls and then him getting divorced. And then we talk about the high road that sometimes you have to have when shit goes down and you have a platform. It's a really interesting responsibility because quite honestly, I don't think I totally understand it sometimes. I think I talk shit. And then sometimes you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have said all that shit. We talk about that. He's a great guy. I've known him. I've known him for a very long time. We used to tour together. And then, you know, we got married, moved out to North Carolina. Still did the road a little bit, but mostly headlining stuff. And then, and now he's back because he got divorced. And he won't tell us why, but I think you can probably much listen to this podcast and figure out why. Am I right, Halston? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think you kind of get it. I think you kind of get it. Yeah. You definitely fucking get it. All due respect, but, you know. With all due respect, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, stand-up comedian, writer, producer, my buddy, divorcee, and newly dating, living in Santa Monica. Oh, put your hands together for Mr. Andy Woodhull. This is the Talk about Stephen King, because I've never read any Stephen King. And, and I think there's probably a lot of people that, like me, would love to read, but don't find anything fucking good. So go ahead. Say what you're going to say. So I started reading Stephen King when I was about 13. And that, was, that would have been 1983. Mm -hmm. And I read everything he ever wrote until probably 96 or 7, 1996 or 7. And then I got I just out of the rhythm, not for any good reason. But we watched the Stand miniseries, mm -hmm. uh, which was better than the first one. <laughs> um, and then I reread The Stand, and now my daughter's re reading The Stand. Yeah, it's great. It was a weird one to read last year. Isn't it? So wait, yeah. we watched. Wait, it's we watched. It's prolific. We, we watched The Stand. Yes, we watched The Stand. He wrote The Stand in like, what, 1987 or something like that? Long time yeah. ago. It's about, basically about a pandemic, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. 
It's crazy. It's a super flu that wipes out almost all of humanity. Like 0.1% or mm-hmm. something. But it's evil and good. Now, did you see yeah. the series? Because we watched the series on TV. Mm-hmm. I did watch the series too, but I don't remember a lot of it because I think I just binged it one day while I was smoking and I don't remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, don't, I think I just like, I'm do, this is what I'm doing Here, today, pull the mic up to I don't remember it. Yeah, I, I, I've never read any Stephen King. So say what you said before. If you ha- your, What's your favorite Stephen King book? Uh, yeah. So I think The Shining is my favorite Stephen King, Stephen King book. And like the jumping in point, I think I'm getting the name wrong, but it's Summerland or Summer something. It's one he wrote under this uh, title of like hard case crimes. They do these things. And so it's not like a big giant Stephen King book for someone that's never read one before. Okay. So you can jump in and it's a short, shorter. I mean, it's not a short story. It's a full novel, but it, it's a easier. Billy Summers is the one that came out yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. This, Are you buying that? This one's like Adventureland or Summerland or something like that. I, I wish I knew the name of it. Halston will find it. But I always recommend it when people want to try them out. See, I always want well, to well, get... Don't you want to know my favorite Stephen King book? I do. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, I'm, course, I'm, trying, to change course, my, I'm trying to change my behavior around my wife. So my favorite Stephen King book is The Stand. Mm-hmm. The scariest book of his I ever read was It. I don't yeah. know if it was my time of life, but I was freaked out entirely by it and then but i but another one of my favorite books of his is um gerald's wife cheers 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 Gerald's game cheers game game. thank you that one's great that has a netflix adaptation too that's crazy i haven't seen it and i've been dying to Uh see it it wasn't a great book it was a great book and when i read it it was like it's dirty too there's like dirty sexual stuff in it because the first book i ever read was uh the dark half. And then right after oh, yeah, that was yeah. needful things. And then Gerald's game, there was like a preview of Gerald's game in the back of the dark half. And there it started with like a sex scene. Mm. And I was always like, Oh man, this book. It was a good book <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Such a psychological. Yeah. The whole thing takes place in her head. It's crazy. They were able to make it. It's into a the movie. whole thing takes place in her head. It's so, you have to be such a good writer. I think he is so underrated as a writer. So do I. And what I always say is people think about him like horror, horror, but I think what he does better than anyone is he creates characters that you immediately fall in love with, like within the first chapter. And then they get put in these crazy situations and they respond like real people would respond. I just, uh, I love everything he wrote. Yeah, great character yeah. development, great story. It's simple, it's easy to follow. Yeah. It's really digestible and it's really easy to read. I think he writes very conversationally. So you don't have to, it's, there's no effort in reading him. You just get lost in the words and you go on the story. I've, yeah. I've read so many of his books. I think the first book of his I read was Salem's Lot and I did not sleep uh-huh. Forever. I mean, forever. I didn't sleep, but uh-huh. it didn't scare me as much as it. It scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw it on TV. Uh, whenever it went, it came out on TV. Yeah, <clears throat> and it fucked me up. It, and it's something. Anything happening with children, it bothers me. Anything that where a children oh. get a child gets hurt or a mm-hmm. child uh, that really fucks me oh, up. Pretty bad. And I hate clowns. I really hate clowns. <laughs> I had a joke about it. I said, uh, I, I, I. Oh no! It wasn't. A, I also hate balloons. I have I hate balloons and so I hate clowns. So it would be the worst. Don't start with it. Yeah, and so the joke was I think that inst- I think that when they when a balloon pops, they should when people blow up balloons, they should put their secrets in balloons so that when they pop we hear all their secrets. And so you go 
pop and it's like i was molested by a clown pop <laughs> i too was molested by a clown pop all clowns do is molest people <laughs> i always hate fucking clowns well um i didn't mean to no 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 andy's one of my favorite comics he really is and what's so funny is he has a joke and, and sometimes it's you know with like a, a, a comic like nate bargazzi or, or daniel tosh i'm telling you my favorite comics right now sometimes it's not what they're saying it's how they say it mm-hmm. and it's it, it, the way they're uh it doesn't it sometimes it's not the funniest the words aren't the funniest it's just the way they say it no one can fit no one can replicate that mm-hmm. he has a joke about getting choked out by a chick that i to this day i think about every now and then and i forget what the that's I, how you know the joke's good i, I, I think about it all the time right. you don't still tell that do you no no, I don't still. Wait, can you tell me the joke? Um, I you don't know. How like, I'm not going to remember the good. Do you remember parts how that goes? I remember I was at a party and there was a girl at the party <laughs> in a karate gi, uh-huh. and it wasn't a costume party. So <laughs> That's I, random. I made fun of her. Yeah. For where I made fun of her for wearing it, and uh, she said, "If you keep talking to me like this, I'm going to choke you out." <laughs> and I just kept making fun of her because it was like a smaller girl. She's not going to choke me out. And then she went behind me and started choking me and then i just woke i just woke up later she fully successfully oh my god choked me out uh in the in the bit i think i say i woke up and her brown belt had been turned to a black belt so there was better parts <laughs> of the joke but that's the basic part of the story and also my friends were there just watching and laughing not helping me while this girl kicks my ass just letting her yeah. can, I, can, that's I, funny. can i tell you why why i the first of all i love that joke i love that joke i, I love the joke because there's there's parts you doing it you go i tell you what not to say or this is i tell you what you're not to, like but what's even funnier is cut to um cut to a year after probably probably a couple years after we were touring together all the time and i'm in uh new jersey and i'm with a fighter named mickey gall uh he's a, a cage fighter and one of the waitresses is talking and we're, we're all sitting there drinking and she goes you can't really choke people out and he goes like no you can she was like how and he goes it's really easy i'll show you how to do it and so he does it to her but he doesn't choke her out he just goes this is where you put your arms and then you squeeze like this and you choke someone out and she goes for real and he's like yeah she's like i could choke someone out and then one of the bartenders is like here try it on me and so <laughs> he she puts him in the hold and squeezes and we all see his eyes light up and very quickly he taps and I start laughing the hardest <laughs> I've ever laughed because I realized no one taught her what a tap. We've only taught her how to choke someone out. She doesn't know what a tap means. And so he's tapping and she's going, it's working. And he's like, nah, he's like really tapping. And she's like, what's wrong with his hand? And he, she choked him out and he hit the ground hard as fuck in oh, his head. And God. I could not stop laughing that you taught her how to choke someone out, but you didn't teach her the tap, which is the <laughs> second most important part of getting choked out. Maybe the first most important part. Oh, it made me laugh so hard. And I always thought of your joke of getting choked out. That's All right, funny. go in and yeah. take okay. care of the girls. Nice to We're meet you, finally. Yes, yes thanks for talking, Stephen King. Mystery. Of course, of course. So what cigars do you have? Check out some new Stephen King books, too. He's having a renaissance. I see that. <laughs> and I keep meaning to. And I keep yeah. going, ah, I Joyland, that's yes. it. Joyland is so, so good. I recommend that. Like, if you want to dive into Stephen King. What's Joyland? Joyland. It's a shorter one. It's like one where, because most of his books are like yeah. almost a thousand pages long. Are there they're, pictures they're big in it? things. No, okay, I don't think well, there are any lost pictures me. in it. Because I like these books. <laughs> I like picture books a lot. He likes pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think we should.
I think it's going to be hot as fucking shit. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> Open up that door if you need to. Well, I don't know. I know we're christening it. We're christening it. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I, you know, it's funny. I, oh, there's nothing like better than a little foreplay of getting into something. I, when I built this room, when we built this room, I said, uh, I always felt guilty smoking in our man cave, in my man mm-hmm. cave. And I, we do it all the time, but I always felt guilty because I thought, this is where my family lives. But when I built this, I said, I'm going to definitely smoke in here. Because I want it, I want it to feel like a hang, and I want uh-huh. and, and cigar smoke has such a great. I remember Eric Nupple's dad smoked a pipe in his office, and you go in his office, and it it just the leathers looked richer, you know, like everything yeah. looked richer. So I'm excited. <laughs> what cigars did you bring? Uh, well, actually, I asked John again if he knew what you liked, and he said. Uh... Tatuje, I might be saying Tatuaje. it wrong. Tatuaje. Oh my God, so, Tatuaje. I bought two of those and then I re- saw in the email that Andrew sent out that he was going to be here too. So I just got one from my humidor if he wanted to smoke with us. No, 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 no. Let's uh, let's so. let's have a Tatuaje. I okay. love Tatuaje. That's one of my favorite cigars. Robert Kelly introduced me to Tatuaje. He was, we were. Here, I'll let you pull it out. So COVID, I don't know the rules. Oh, oh you know, <laughs> I don't, it's funny. I, I haven't done a podcast since, you know. Since you'd say something about vaccines and then go viral for oh, it. Right. So I don't know what you're supposed to say or not say about any about anything, but my feelings are I've kind of given up. I've just given up. Like I'm done. I'm done. Uh-huh. I, I don't I don't care anymore. And and I and I may I mean that I don't mean to be callous, but um I got vaccinated, and and when I got vaccinated, I said I'm done worrying about this. See, my OCD was really fucking with me uh, during COVID. It was yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't ever do a hole punch, but I think I'm going to do it. I never um, did it either until I bought this lighter that had a hole punch on the bottom. That's great. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Should I be filling time while you get it lit? I was just silent the whole time. It's interesting. <coughs> when you do a movie, they put smoke everywhere because it makes everything look richer. And I just realized this podcast is going to look so much richer. Uh, hey, Halston, we may want to open this door so that we do or or maybe open. You're right. Now that I think about this, we're going to hotbox the fuck out of this tiny room. You are being a pussy. Not that one. Not that one. Don't open that one. I think that'll make it hot as fuck in here. Open that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, part of there's something fun about smoking indoors. Yeah. When I first when when I first moved in with Leanne, um, I uh, I we we didn't have enough closet space for both of our stuff to go in the closet, so she put a lot of her stuff in this in her office closet. And that was when online poker was big. And I started playing online poker and smoking cigars and drinking in her, in her office. And it would make her clothes. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And it, and I, I was oblivious. (laughs) It's it's funny about being oblivious to certain shit. You watch someone like, like, like not know how to do something. And it's usually based on age, you know, like someone's like age. They just don't know how to do something like, like, a. Uh, Ari, Ari fear one time we smoked cigars at my old house and we had just built it. We had just built it at, put the add on. We had just gotten the whole exterior of the house painted 
And Ari and I are smoking cigars and he was done with his. And he t- went up to the wall of my house and just put it out on the wall. <laughs> and I go, what the fuck are you doing? And he was like, I'm putting my cigar out. And I go, uh-huh. this is my house. <laughs> he just was like, yeah, this is where you put cigars out. And I was like, no, you fucking savage. <laughs> like you, you've like never owned anything in your life. <laughs> so we said this at the beginning, but we didn't record it. By the way, is the AC still on? Because it does feel hot in here. Okay, well, maybe we, maybe we lower it. Um, what what's crazy is you were you and I did the very first podcast I ever did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Didn't uh, release it. Did not release it. Uh well, I guess I knew that you didn't release it. And it was the year where you brought me on a bunch of dates. And it it was fun. And that's the clip from your documentary that I saw. Oh, really? Of us. What were we talking about who we'd have sex with? No, I was asking like a hypothetical question. I just watched it like four days ago. I should be able to remember it better. But I was asking you a hypothetical question, like a "Would you rather this or that?" Yeah, but what, we, what were we talking? We we're talking about having sex with Brad Pitt. I thought. <laughs> well, I I can't put a number on the amount of times that I've talked about having <laughs> sex with Brad Pitt. <laughs> I uh, I would uh, I would. Here's the question: Would you cover up for Brad Pitt? Is what talent? is so talented that you'd cover up for them so that they don't get canceled. So, oh. So so ready? So so Brad Pitt is uh you're filming one of your sets and Brad Pitt stands up and he says uh says the n-word, right? <laughs> and uh-huh. then, and then sits down. And then he comes up to you and he was like, "Hey man, I understand you're filming that. Can you delete that?" Uh-huh. Oh, huh. I don't think I would put it out anyone. It, I don't I don't think I would do the t- oh. I think there's no level Donald famous Trump, Donald famous Trump does it. Donald Trump maybe does Donald it. Trump maybe like <laughs> maybe someone that is actively hurting society I would I wouldn't I wouldn't put anyone on blast. I have a problem with putting people on blast. Yeah. Like that's, that's the difference. Saying, yeah, that's the difference. Anyone. I I almost put this dude on blast the other day. We were at I was at Big 5 and I saw this dude stealing shoes for his son. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't. He stole shoes. He took his son's shoes and he put them where all the, you know, the cheap shoes are, where it's just pairs or not in a box. He put them up there and then told his son, put those on. And his son put them on. And I took my phone and I was like, I'm watching a dude steal shoes for his son. I was like, it's so fucking bizarre. I didn't show them, but I showed his son's shoes. And I told the whole story of what they were doing. Uh Uh-huh. And then, and then, <laughs> and then the dude goes over and his son goes, wait, where are my shoes? And his dad goes, I guess they must've thrown them away. And he's like, they threw my shoes away. And he's like, I don't know. I guess they threw your shoes away. And he was like, wait, hold on. And he goes, maybe we just got to get you a pair of these cheap shoes. And he was like, dad, I, w- I don't want these cheap shoes. I want my shoes. Where are my shoes? And he goes, what about these? These look like your old shoes. And he goes, dude. Those are my, those, those look exact. And he's like, those are my, and his dad was playing a prank and I almost put him on blast <laughs> and his dad was just being a fun dad. Yeah. And, and, and I wondered how many times do Karen's get fucking just step on fun times. Uh, all the times, all the time, right, all the times. Yeah. And I was being a Karen. I was being a total fucking, what do they call when you're not at, when you're a dude, Karen, Chad, Ugh. I think. Right. After that, I don't know. Yeah. Sorry to all the Chad's. It's hanging chads. Oh, the, the that was the thing in Florida. Oh, the voting thing. Yeah, the voting thing. I, gotta, I need your lighter. Sweet. So are you yeah. still? You still see John again? 
Yeah, yeah, he's like my closest friend. What's he doing? We just saw each other a couple days ago. Is he still doing? He sent me a he sent me a text with a clip of uh, you and Tom with something bleeped out from a Two Bears episode, and he goes, "While you're over there, find out what they said." What in this bleeped out thing? I'll tell you, it's probably. Oh really? It was we bleep out restaurant. I think we bleep out name all the fucking time. I do. I bleep out. I like to bleep out people's names and then keep them in at the end. Is it getting bleeped out right now? Yeah, we'll bleep out. We always bleep out name. So every time I say like, it'll be bleeped yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't. I just don't want to start any drama with the creator of uh -huh. the co-creator of the Chappelle Show. Would I <laughs> sound bad on your podcast right now if I said there's more in this room than I thought there would be? <laughs> would it come off sounding bad just being bleeped? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I I uh, I get I get a kick out of a good a good placed bleep. I yeah, get, yeah. Didn't Kimmel do? I think Kimmel did a bit about that on his show. Like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Somebody did. I've I've been bleeped. That's I've bleeped great. to ask them to bleep out words, and it sounded like I said the n word. Yeah, I've said that. Uh, I've done that a couple <laughs> times. I was like, here's a problem with, and then I was like, just bleep that out, and they're uh -huh. like. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to. So what's John again doing? Is he still doing stand up? Uh, he's back to doing some stand up. He's uh, writing TV, selling TV shows. And so so you guys, you guys kind of both did the transition into television. Like you started working on the Steve Austin show. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the last time I saw that's you. I, saw you. I was Austin so excited. Yeah. It was very exciting. I uh, I would love to work in more television. I moved to LA in January. But yeah, you told me what was going on. Yeah. You, like you were got married and then. Well, I was, yeah, boy, it had been so long since we like really sat down and caught up because uh, the last date we ever did together, I was dating the woman that I got married to. Didn't she have a kid or something? She has two kids. Yeah. And uh, who are my stepdaughters? They're they're still my stepdaughters, even though we're not married. You divorced the wife, not the kids. That's what the dad in Clueless says. That's how I live my life. Uh, <laughs> so is such great, a great, great relationship movie. with the kids still. But, how old? Uh, they are. I think they're similar in age to your kids. They're 19 and 17 right now. Yeah, mine are 17 and 15. Yeah, so, so roughly they're yeah. a little bit older. Uh, but they're coming out next week for a really? week. We're going to Disney. I'm, I'm so excited to see them. So how long were you with this chick? It had to be like seven years? Yeah, like seven years. And we were married for like five of it. Really? Yeah. And so you get married. The girls at that time are 10 and 9, 10 and 8. Yeah, around that. When I met them, I think they were seven and nine. And so I think like nine and 11 when we got married. And, and you guys uh, lived out here? No. We, oh, I, that's right. You lived. I was living out here, which is another thing I wanted to bring up because it's just funny because we did all these dates together. I was living in Chicago and... uh just kind of killing myself on the road doing almost 50 weekends out of the air at clubs yeah. middling for people and uh i was living in chicago and you're like you're poor in chicago right and i said yeah i'm poor in chicago and you said you should come to la and be poor in la and then i came out here and i don't know if you remember this but i bumped into you somewhere and i was like i, I did it i moved out here i'm gonna be poor in la i listened to your advice and you were like why would you listen to my advice <laughs> fucking but then we ended up getting married. And so I moved from here to North Carolina where she was living. We had a long distance relationship the whole time we were dating. Really? Which is a bad idea. I, I wouldn't recommend it to other people because then you move in together and you immediately learn. Maybe you don't get along as well as you thought that you. I feel like did. that's me and my wife's relationship <laughs> is I've been in fucking Serbia for three months and now I'm living here with her and she is already fucking 
we had a big knockdown drag out fight because there's weird things that that like there's weird there's like weird habits you get into where it's i don't know it's like all, all of a sudden like you prepare to be wrong anytime anyone says anything so all of a sudden everything's coming out like you're being attacked and then you're like hey can you not act like you're getting attacked every time i'm saying things and then she says can you not attack me and i go am i attacking you <laughs> she's like yeah this, this couch looks fine and i go i'm just saying i think it could be bigger <laughs> and she's like well don't and you're uh -huh. like well so do i mute myself I'm like and and you realize I, I this is what i realized this morning is that our relationship is always she does whatever the fuck she wants and doesn't get input from a third party uh-huh and i'm that third party now going Hey, I want to tell you what size couch to buy. And she's like, I never have asked you about right. couches. And now you want to talk about couches? You've never cared about couches. Is <laughs> are, is your caring about couches something else? Uh -huh. But I, th I feel like I'm in a long-distance relationship. I'm leaving uh -huh. on Sunday for a month. Oh, just for the road? No, for no, I leave. Oh, for the TV show? In October, yeah. In, in October, I leave for uh -huh. fucking five. Wow. And so you're like, yeah, I guess just maybe <laughs> I just shut my mouth while I'm here and enjoy the couch that I don't fit on. <laughs> Do you think you are passionate about the couch or are you just a guy with opinions which i i feel i was an m sometimes just like if you ask me i will have an opinion oh oh but yeah i don't know that i care that much but if you ask me i will have an opinion uh i was passionate about the couch because i feel like it looks too small in our living room and i feel like i don't have a space to sit uh -huh. everyone sat we watched uh, jungle cruise and everyone got a great seat except for me yeah. And I had to sit on the corner. And I thought, if we just had a little more room, then I too would get a great seat. <laughs> you should have the best seat, Bert. I should, arguably. But then the girls take the corners. Leanne takes the center. The dogs sit in between the two of them. And then you have, and then the girls are splayed out. So I get a, literally a seat on the corner. I ended up having to bring a seat in for me to sit on because I had nowhere to put my arm. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely have feelings about this couch, but I, but I, I do have an opinion about, I, I tell you, if we're being very culpable, if I'm going to be culpable, I will point out shortcomings that I'm not happy with, mm -hmm. maybe as a question. Like, oh, hey, yeah. when's the deck going to be finished? That's something I do a lot. And then knowing that it's not finished, and that that's the answer. It's not uh -huh. finished. So shut the fuck up. It's not finished. <laughs> do you see it? It's not finished. So stop asking that question. Because uh -huh. I know as soon as the deck is finished, then we can put grass in front of the deck. Uh -huh. And so it's a lot of it's me and sure. a lot of it is my inactivity in this family and me not doing anything in this family. And I, and I want to be more active and I feel like I've fucked and I feel like I fucked. I feel like, I feel like if I could go back to people, I'd go, Hey, uh, I'd be like, don't worry about it. You're not going to make money until you're 50 anyway. Oh yeah. But that's what I if feel. You could talk to, if young, I could talk to any young comic, any young comic, I'd be like, just keep doing it and enjoy it. And don't uh -huh. plan on making money until you're 50 okay that's when burr started making his money that's when rogan started making his money uh-huh like everyone started making money everyone started i would say 40 i would say don't say, stop with, with 50 at 45 you'll, you'll make some money and be cool with being an it's better to have older money than younger money mm -hmm. like i'd rather i'm i'm happier i would i'm so glad i didn't make my money when i was 32 because we've seen how that works out and a lot of times it doesn't work out well you develop a lot of bad habits sure. as a human and those bad habits wreak themselves onto other people. And then those people tell on you and then you're, <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't work out well. Uh -huh. 
show up when you're a, a fully formed human at 45, make your money and you're very happy to make your money and shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. I think I can't wait to start making this money. And how old years. are you right now? 41. Yeah. You got four years, four years. I was fucking, I was I, at 42. I was at a fucking midlife crisis. Oh yeah. Well, I guess maybe if I had one, it was 39, maybe another one's coming, but that's the year I got divorced. And then, so then like tell everything. me, let's go, let's go back to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So you move out to North Carolina. Yeah. I move out to North Carolina. I move in with her. Yeah. Uh, still doing the, the road, still doing the road and, uh, just keep doing the road, keep making my money on the road. You know, I'm headlining some gigs. Then I get some TV spots, M- more places are willing to headline me, but I'm still not making a lot of money. But I went from what I l- liked about the idea of getting married was, uh, I think why I was so attracted to it, especially in that situation. I, I was just a bachelor and I would go, I was killing myself on the road. I was just constant road, road, road barely making any money. And then I would go home and be lonely. And then I would visit them, my ex-wife and the kids, and we would like sit down to dinner and they were happy to see me. And it was just like, this is great. You'd like, get up I in wish... the mornings and do stuff. Yeah, I would hey, get up in the go morning. Donuts? Yeah, yeah, I would fix breakfast. Everybody was in a good mood. And then, uh, yeah, I think I was really excited about that idea. And that's why I ended up getting married. But then, you know, it's hard to talk about without trashing her, which I don't want to do, you know? I just heard I just heard a story about a guy who took his ex-wife to court to have a cease and desist order so she would stop trashing him on stage because she was lying about him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I want to know who that was. I'll tell you who it is. You got ready to edit this out? It's really tough because you want to tell your truth. And, and how yeah, do you yeah. feel but, about it? But she doesn't get a chance to also tell it. So it doesn't seem fair for me to be saying it. Although my everything I want from since it's happened is to tell the story to people and have them validate me and be like, you were right. You came out of it the right person. Well, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, that's everyone's feelings about yeah. any. I was cheated on by a girl one time. I won't say when or who, but. um, And I'd, I'd, I think I had maybe kind of said her name a few times possibly uh-huh. i don't know i'm sure people could find it i'm certain i did and uh and another comic take this uh just it's not uh, i'll give this guy cre- i'll give this guy credit uh because i he deserves it mike vecchione one time said to me hey man i just don't think that's cool i love when another man is confrontational with you in uh-huh. a positive way meaning yeah. like he didn't need to say that but he felt that and he said to me, I just think that's not cool. And I said, why? We're about to do a podcast. He goes, she doesn't really get a platform. Yeah. And and you're trashing her and she can't really come back. And that, how yeah, imagine yeah. how unfair that would feel to you. I've never said her name since and I've never kind of identified her since. And it was because of Mike Vecchione pointing out kind of how shitty I was being. You know, and you're like, oh, and it, it, sometimes it takes like a, a, an, an equal of yours to, to point that out to you for you to go, okay, that makes sense. But... So when did you realize the relationship was falling apart? Well, for a, for a while, I, I guess, maybe, I mean, in some ways the day before the wedding and in some ways not what? until like the day I left. You know, it's hard to talk about it without giving details. But then if I give the details, I'm doing exactly what we said we shouldn't do. And also it's bad because there's the two stepkids that I love still. And yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to be saying stuff about their mom. Cause it's, can I tell you, I can I, that, yeah. Can I tell you a guy, a story of a guy who, who I, 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 he, he can deny this if he wants. Um, Dan Cummings, you know, Dan Cummings. Yeah. Dan Cummings 
uh, road dog, married, kid. Right. Uh, and then gets divorced. Fall, marriage falls apart, gets divorced. Moves back to, I think, Idaho, where he's from. Mm-hmm. And I do a podcast with him, fully expecting he cheated on her on the road. I mean, that's how that's how that I works. know. That's a hard thing about not talking about because everyone assumes I cheated on her on the road. And yeah. that's why we got a divorce. Yeah. And so and I said to him, how so, can you not assume that's what it was? And he says to me, I think he said it on the podcast. Uh, she cheated on me. Uh-huh. And I said, how come you haven't? How come I don't know that? And he goes, well, it's not my place to go out and, and shouldn't really have a platform. I can go on podcasts and make her sound really bad. And I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that. And I went, wow. And I was like, dude, that's, you're a better man than me. Cause I, I might've, <laughs> I might've just trashed her. And he goes, no, we still got a kid. Like I, you know, she's happy. I'm glad she's happy. And, and, and I, I looked at Dan Cummings and I went, what a solid dude. What a really solid dude to like, to allow, allow to allow people to assume maybe he did the worst and to, and to, give her the benefit of the doubt when she didn't deserve it. Uh-huh. And I was like, man. And I that from that day I was like, all right, I'm a ride or die for Dan Cummings. Like Yeah, he was being the dark knight, which is what I the, thought about myself. You yeah. remember the end of the dark knight when he lets everybody think he's the bad guy yeah. and he goes off? That's what I thought. I was like, well, I got to be the dark knight, I think. I think I have to be the dark knight. It's okay if people think that I, I did the I'm just going to be dark knight. And then I'm, I'm Batman. And you're Batman. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm Batman. <laughs> you're Batman. And then and then you get on a podcast you're like but I just want to tell everyone it was her. But I do want to tell everyone it was her fault. <laughs> but I mean, she would if you if she was on the podcast, she would be like, "It's definitely Andy's fault." So there's two sides. Really, she would say that? she would so, die, like <laughs> the one weird thing about marriage, and I think maybe you would agree with this because you're a comic. Uh, is I'm desperate for everyone to like me. It bothers me when someone doesn't like me a lot. That's amazing. And now that I have a divorce, like I have, I've never had someone just outright hate. She hates me. Right and now? Yeah. I mean, we haven't spoken in, I don't know how long it's been, but we haven't spoken in a long time. Uh, but she, she hate, she hates me. Why would she, well, I don't, I cannot imagine hating you. I can't imagine it either. I don't know how anyone could, but she, <laughs> she hates me. She, and you know, she has her reasons, which I think are misguided, but they're, they're her reasons. And so who I can't say that her perception of the world is wrong. I think it's wrong, but to her, it's right. There's just no. There's no, uh, I don't know. I can see Leanne hating me. <laughs> I, I could show she, you the last text she ever sent me and you'd be like, this woman hates you. I, I, that's, you know, that, that, that is a coffee table book. Oh, the last text she ever sent me. Everyone's last text they ever got. Yeah, that is a good idea. For I've, a book. I've got one. I've got one. I wish I had screen grabbed. I have a I have a last text that I got from uh I got a last text I got from probably gonna need to edit that name out. Oh, can I tell you a story about him? Please. That involves you? Please. I've like I first of all, I had so much fun when we used to do shows together and I have a couple Bert Kreischer stories of how funny you were in the green room, and one of them involves one of the funniest things from a green room. I've told many people this. Do you remember it? No. Maybe you don't. We were in a green room and uh, was on TV and you called him and left a voicemail that said, uh, hey, I'm watching you on whatever the show was right now. And I just want to tell you how brave I think it is that you play this role heavy. 
is so funny. Still makes me laugh when I think about it. The other green room story where you were just being so funny, and maybe this is like inside comedy, but I I tell it to comics all the time. We're in a green room, and you called the box office, and you said, um, "Hey." are there tickets still available? And they don't know it's you. Are there tickets still available? And they must have said yes. And you said, oh, okay, that's cool. But do you know if Bert's going to make his bonuses or not? (laughs) Just just some kid working the box office that has no idea anything, you know? So funny to me. Uh, Yeah. Well, then I'll keep keep the one light. (laughs) But yeah, I remember his last text he sent to me. <laughs> I wish I had saved it. It was, it was on Christmas Day. <laughs> on Christmas? It was, pretty, it was Christmas Eve. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And I haven't spoken to him since. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those, you know, those last texts you get. Sometimes you realize when you get them, it's better not to say anything. Like, it's better. So much is better yeah. not to have said anything. I, 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 I remember, like, just text threads of not responding and then going thanks so god i didn't respond you want to know one you want to know sometimes i feel the universe saves you right so you got to pay attention to those universal moments yeah when the universe you go to call someone and your phone goes beep 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 and you're like wait what the fuck's going on with my phone the universe saved me so it's a beep 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 uh, i called a guy Amber alert? i no 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 it, it, it just goes to a busy sign real quick and you're mm. like wait something's broke broken with my phone I called a guy who had posted something that I knew that was a comic who had posted something very, uh, very malicious, uh, very uh, salacious, not true, but but definitely, um, uh, you know, a fucking scream fire in a in a in a in a in a theater type thing on my on my thread in Instagram. And it really bothered me. Uh, It really bothered me. And I and. Another friend pointed out, just so you know, man, he's he's accusing you of this. It was like molesting boys or something. Mm, ah. And it was like, it was like, but it, but I think everyone knows that's not real. But at the time, I think I just had a Netflix special come out and not, and I was getting new fans. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is just, this is what someone would do to try to fuck your career up so that people wouldn't follow you. Yeah. Um, it was whatever he said it was. And I, I, I called him. I wanted to call him and, and say, hey, man, what the fuck is going on? And my phone went dee, 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 dee. and uh, I'll show you his text to me. <laughs> I'll show you. This okay. is really fucking fascinating <clears throat> because I'm glad I never. I'm glad I never talked to him. Yeah, I'm really grateful I never talked to him. There's a point where you're never going to change the other person's mind, and you want to say your point of view, well, and, and yeah. you want everyone to like you. But there's just a point where you have to be like, I'm never going to change their mind. I have to be Batman. So it was 2018. Okay. <laughs> Okay. So, so look, I tried calling him twice, right? So, and then, and then, just read what his text to me after that is. I said I tried calling you twice. Okay. And now I, read. First thing I did was look to see who it was. Yeah, you know okay. who it is, right? Yeah, yeah. So clearly, not in a great space. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm being exposed for being a slow reader right now. I read really <laughs> yeah. slow. By the way, I haven't seen you scroll I yet. Read so and I'm like, slow. Jesus Christ, you, I read so are you sure slow. you read Stephen King? Do you listen to I these do, books? I do, and it takes forever. <laughs> I listen to a lot of books, but... But but that was his text to me recently, and I thought I was going to have a conversation with that guy, right? Uh-huh. And I was going to have a real, honest, 
emotional conversation with that guy. After reading a text like that, you go, that's a guy that probably records all his phone calls. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. Yeah, the last. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. It's I don't even know, I don't even know yeah. what the last one said. Yeah. And, <clears throat> and you just look at it and you go, <clears throat> sometimes it's better if I don't speak to that person. And, and then sometimes it's better that I, if I don't, I have to shut off relationships with that person because I also know mm -hmm. me and I, and I want everyone to like me and I want to forgive everybody. I want to forgive everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and I go, you know, this, these people, sometimes people prove that they're not healthy for you. Whatever you get, deliver to them is the thing that's not good for them. This podcast is brought to you by better help. Uh, I have been in online therapy for a very long time since I left travel channel. So I don't know, maybe six, five years, and I absolutely love it. Look, if you're feeling depressed, struggling with uncertainty, having difficulty sleeping, meeting your goals, BetterHelp offers online professional counselors who can help and listen. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in just under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It's professional counseling done securely online. The, the service is available for clients worldwide, and they have a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available in your own to turn in your own uh, areas. You get timely, thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly phone or video sessions. You won't ever have to sit uncomfortable waiting room or in traffic and then you get angry that you're at therapy listen it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available anywhere in fact so many people have been using it that better help that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states i absolutely love better help uh check in with the counselor just feel i know that they're always there to help help me with anything our podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and our listeners get 10% off their first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com slash BERT. Visit BetterHelp.com slash BERT and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp professional. Attention listeners across the galaxy, from Australia to Houston, we have a pube problem. Dun, 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 dun. Our friends at Manscaped are here to help. Kick the pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. What's in the Performance Package 4.0? Let me tell you something. These are the best. These are the best clippers I've ever used to trim my junk ever. Inside this patch, you're gonna find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Ooh, let me tell you something. They've got a little light. You can trim the mustache. I know it's gross, but I use it to trim my mustache too. And when you're shaving your balls over the toilet, that light comes in really handy. Weird whacker, weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer. Uh, I've been using that all on this set. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. I could use some of that. Crop Reviver Toner. Performance Boxer Brief. I jogged in those yesterday. And a travel bag to hold your whole solar system together. The 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade, which does reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor with a multifunction and on-and-off switch that can engage travel lock so you don't get to the place and it's dead because it's been going even waterproof wow the best part is the 4000 led spotlight you can turn on and off whenever you need for a more precise shave while you travel across the universe i'm telling you get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code bert at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping by using the code bert at manscape.com for a clean trinity and beyond your space balls will thank you you know my, my relationship with segura has been probably one of the best relationships I've had in my adult life. My relationship with Rogan mm -hmm. has been one of the best relationships I've had in my adult life.
and they're not always easy, but they're they're not one sided, you know. Right. Like I I I get some tough love from from uh, Rogan <clears throat> on a lot of aspects of my life, and he and and from Segura, there's a lot of honesty that I don't always love, but is very real that I need to hear sometimes. Mm -hmm. That and. You know, like I, I came to the realization that I'm very sensitive, but I didn't realize that until I, until Tom brought it up to me. He's like, you, you got to stop, man. Like uh -huh. it's, it's making you crazy, but more importantly, importantly, it's open you up to people. Like I went through, I think this will, will have, I will think this will have aired by the time the two bears comes out, but uh, my phone number and my address got doxxed, right? Like someone did it. I don't oh, know who man. did it. I can assume who did it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I know a couple of people that have my address and my phone number that don't like me that are cool mm -hmm. with, you know, being trolls. They like that. And so they would have put it out there and think that's, and think that, the, and think that they're winning. And, and I, and ultimately they did win because it made me crazy. People were calling me at all hours of the day. You didn't know who, what numbers were real or what not. And, and then people would, you know, there are people out there that their sole purpose is to get a reaction, whether it's good or bad. So they, you know, I was going into surgery and I got, like some messages because people know i'm going to surgery oh, really yeah yeah if when you when you die your daughters will have nothing and oh, yeah God. really horrible hateful and it, it had spilled over to a head and i was doing two bears one cave and i fucking opened up and i was like mm -hmm. and i just was like and i i was like you know there's a couple numbers that i've saved who people who have who have who i don't know that have done things to me that i'll never forget right and mm -hmm. i called two of them on two bears one cave it's a big misstep. Like I should have never done that. I should have never let them know that they affected me like that. You know, I, I should have just shut up, but you can't help but just be human and go, no, 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 that affected me. I'm going into surgery tomorrow and you're mm -hmm. texting about, you hope I die. Yeah. And it's... you hope I die. And, and, and by, by the way, that's a fear of mine is dying. And, and so, and so, uh, and then there's people that like, there's people that I, that I think think I'm talking about them. And then all of a sudden that gets back to you and you're like, oh you? yeah. And you're like, I wasn't even talking about you. And so it's, it's, it's interesting that fear of wanting people to like you. Uh huh. Yeah. It, it does put people in a position to manipulate you when you desperately want to be liked by everyone, which most comics do. Most. I wish I was Burr or Rogan or Segura. They don't yeah. care if anyone likes them. Uh huh. What what's wrong with us? I don't know. I want everyone to like me so bad. I want everyone to like me so bad <laughs> that I will focus on people that don't like me. Uh-huh. Like if I go to a party and I feel someone not giving me energy, I focus on them to try to get them to laugh the whole time. Oh yeah. And then sometimes that just drives them fucking nuts. <laughs> and makes them like you less, sure. Way less. Uh-huh. Cuz there's nothing worse than a needy person. Yeah. Ugh. So when so how did it ultimately end? The divorce did it was it like a build, a build, a build, or was it one yeah, day? Yeah, it built up to like a climactic day, and then a I, climactic day, yeah, at like a sporting goods store where you're like, <laughs> where you've got a, a glove on your hand and a hat, and you're like, fuck it. Uh, no, we were at. I, I mean, honestly, no, I can't even get into the like thing really? of the last because the, it, it, yeah, the thing of the last day gives is against what I just said, which is a boring as a podcast guest i get i came in thinking about like how can i t i know i need to talk about it but how can i talk about it in a way that is fair to every everyone and i i'll tell you off air yeah. for sure and i would tell anyone that came up to me in person and ask them about it i just don't want to say it no i think I, what, yeah. I, what i think is interesting is i think that the majority of people have an idea 
of what's going on. Just listening, we're like, you know what? I've known you for long enough yeah. to know that you're not a dog. You're not. You're not. You're not out there raw dogging bitches behind the <laughs> fucking well draft drinks. Well, not while I was married. <laughs> not, <laughs> but when you get a divorce and you are a comedian, it there are fun parts. It was the saddest part of my life, but there are fun, oh, fun parts for sure. I was thinking, I was I was thinking of this one uh, thing to say about it is uh, uh, so. Now I've already, I just started saying, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm a terrible podcast guest. You know how people say all the time in relationships that uh, you you should be with someone that's uh, happy. You can't make anyone happy. Say that again. So, So you can't make someone happy. You have to be happy on your own. You can't make someone else be happy. Like if you're in a relationship, that person needs to be a complete happy person on their own. You can't come in and be like, I'm going to make this unhappy person happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a common thing to say about relationships. But I think what what it's gotten me into trouble in relationships, multiple relationships throughout my life is uh, I have this thing that maybe is a comedian thing like and maybe you can relate to it. If you see another comic bombing and they're like, the audience is terrible in my head, I'm still like, they won't be with me, though. Yeah, it'll be different with me. And oh, yeah. so I think I was never able to take that advice until I had been through marriage and divorce uh, to, to heart. I think I always had that comic mentality, but not not with me. I can make I can make people happy. I, my, I can do it. My thing was you can't make a whore, not a whore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I always thought I was special, like where I was like, and by the way, that sounds horrible. But like, I just have been cheated on so much that uh-huh. I'm like that. I was like. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Like, I, she cheated on her last dude with me. Uh-huh. Like, that's Great. how we met. Like, why the fuck wouldn't I? You know how many times I've sat there and I thought, she cheated with her boyfriend with me. Like, that's uh-huh. how I met her. How did I not know that that's what she's going to do to me? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Like, Bert, you fuck. Did she cheat on you? And I remember going like, no way. And everyone was like, bro. Yeah. I remember a dude I didn't know coming up to me at a bar going hey man i gotta look out for a brother you ch- i fucked your chick the other night whoa and i thought that guy was just trying to fuck with me yeah and man i wish i had fucking listened oh man i know yeah. i got cheated on so much but i also cheated and i, I gotta be honest with you i didn't uh-huh. dislike cheating <laughs> like i kind of i kind of look back at it fondly and think uh-huh. and think you know and think you know i couldn't do it now because i have too much invested in in my life you yeah know, with my kids and my girls and and my wife and my dogs and my house and 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 my business and 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 i and i love my wife i really do love my wife here's the crazy thing when it comes to by being the way a that's comedian. the that's the universe telling me to stop talking you started talking and i was about to say but i would love to <laughs> <laughs> keep going keep going uh crazy thing about being a comedian that talks about their own life uh and you didn't see probably any of this part of my standup, but for seven to eight years, I did jokes about being a stepdad. I put oh, out two albums. Fucking cut. I put out two albums worth of jokes about being a stepdad and how much I loved being a stepdad, which I still do. But when we went through it, I had this horrible selfish feeling of like, this might be the right thing for this is the right thing for me, but I'm losing, I'm losing my point of view as a comedian. I had just, 
started to maybe get people trickling in, oh. people trickling in of like, and even now, three years later, people are coming to shows like, do the one, do the one about your wife, do the one about your stepdaughters. And I'm like, I mean, I'll do it, but like the context is weird. And so when we split, I'm like, I have to write another hour like that because it makes me sad telling these jokes. And I don't want to be someone just trying to make them in the past tense or uh, just pretending like I'm not separated and divorced. So I had this like year where I lost my identity as a person and as a comedian. All that stuff was gone. So tell me this sounds crazy. So like. Right before I got surgery, I thought I'm going to love rehabbing this arm. Like I'm going to love rehabbing this arm. I'm going to love a challenge. I already, I signed up to do the New York marathon. Yeah. Like I, I love a challenge. And then once the surgery happened, I thought this is going to be a long, this is a lot longer than I what yeah. I thought it was going to be. But there's a romantic side of me going like, I'm going to love the rehab. I'm going to love the brace. I'm going to love the going to the gym and getting strength back in the arm. I'm already squeezing this penguin nonstop <laughs> just to keep blood going through that arm right one of the things i romanticize about and i and i, and I don't when I, I please understand that not you but people listening that when i say romanticize i don't i don't mean i wish it to happen but i do think fondly of the journey a, a, a man goes through in his 40s getting out of a relationship and starting fresh like what was that like getting in a, getting your own apartment moving mm-hmm. looking at the world and saying i don't need to live in north carolina anymore right where will i go um calling your friends and being like and the friends that were excited for you like nice dude come stay with me mm-hmm. um i'm you know i'm going to drive like i'll tell you the girls one time said to me i'm, I'm i have one hand so smoking and drinking makes it very <laughs> tough the girls once said to me um we wouldn't be upset if you and mom got divorced. And I said, really, they'd had friends go through divorce. And they were like, no, it's just something that happens. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay. I said, well, where would you live? And I said, with mom, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's interesting because you don't know where I live. And they're like, what do you mean? And I said, well, you already picked mom because of this house. Uh huh. What about where I'm living? And they're like, where are you living? And I said, Malibu. And they're like, you're living in Malibu? <laughs> and I said, well, you didn't let yeah, me tell you on that. the beach. On the beach. <laughs> With a horse. I'm getting a horse. And they were like, you're getting a horse in Malibu? And I was like, no, no, no. You picked mom already. <laughs> and so sometimes I've fantasized about uh-huh. the the rebound year I'll get. Leanne leaves me, right? Younger guy. I get all the same. Uh, by the way, I would trash her fucking everywhere. <laughs> I would outright destroy her name and likeness. I would be like, guys, more memes about Leanne sucking cocks that are while she's doing it. Whatever. I would destroy her. But I, but I, the rebound of the, the regrowth, I call it salad days. You know, it's like the day the, it's the, the part of the meal where you haven't got, you haven't, they just send a salad and you have to look at the menu mm-hmm. about what life is offered. What was that like for you? Uh, so I was kind of just homeless for a while because oh. I moved out. Uh, and then I, you know, I didn't have a place to live. I went to my parents for like a week. They this live in Michigan. This isn't as romantic as I thought. I went to be. my parents for a week and I was doing the road kind of like there was no break in work so i continue doing the road and i would just live out of hotels and sometimes i would just stay on the road i'm like oh i'm doing this show in syracuse i think i'll i've never been to the mountains in upstate new york i think i'll go spend my off days there so i did oh, that for cool. a while that's cool and, and and by the way you don't have to answer this but still heartbroken hoping to fix it or just going it's over i know it's over no for a while after i was hoping that 
we would fix it. I was hoping that me leaving would kind of be like a thing. And then after that happened, like, oh, thank you for pushing me so hard. I think we can fix it. You know, these problems could, could go away. So for a while I thought it would change and I would be going back. But then eventually it became clear that I, that wasn't going to happen. And I got a place. Do you realize how heavy my Instagram posting would be? Divorce. I didn't post anything about my divorce on Instagram. I would post. I wouldn't post about the divorce. I would post my new life in a Dan. I would make Dan Blazarian look like a homosexual. I would have so many fucking chicks on top of me. I would have (laughs) big boats. I would have, and I would make sure to tag her friends in it so they brought it up to her. God, I'm already angry about this divorce. We got a pretty bad fight last night, so that's why it's all on my fucking. <clears throat> so, so you're you're going doing the road, and then you're going. I'm going to go check the mountains out. Yeah, so I'm doing the road. I'm just enjoying enjoying myself. And then there was like a moment where uh, comedy became fun again because I didn't even realize that comedy had stopped being fun because we would have fights about me being on the road amongst other things, oh. and like I would complain about one particular thing, and then she'd be like, "But you're always gone." And uh, so comedy stopped being as fun. And then as I was doing all these new bits, trying to get out of all the jokes about being a stepdad, I started being like, oh, my God, comedy is fun again. And I would yeah. be having more fun on the road because I, I would go on the road and I would try not to spend any money because I'm like, well, I'm supporting a family of four. I need all of this money. Uh, and then all of a sudden you're on your own. Like, oh, I, I could go on like this hiking trip. I could go camping. I could go snorkeling. I could do something fun. And I started having fun on the road again. And then, um, and then I was playing this club in Montreal and, uh, I had just signed up for Tinder. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. Everybody's talking about it. I was married when it came out. I didn't get to try it. It sounds awesome. I'm gonna sign up for Tinder. And so I'd signed up for it and I had been messaging people and nothing had happened yet. And, uh, someone I had met in Montreal, uh, said uh let me look at your tinder you know let me look let me, i could help you a, a woman she goes let me i could look at it and you know tell you if what you have on there is like something that would be attractive to women and she helped me and i was totally oblivious that she was hitting on me because i hadn't been in that situation for a while and then um i had, had set my age to a certain range right i'd set my age to a, i don't i'll say it but it makes me feel like a scumbag but i had my age at like 29 was the youngest that i would go out with i was 39 at the time and uh, so this girl was quite a bit younger than that. <clears throat> she was like, she was like, the first thing you should do is change your age to 22. And I really? still didn't know. And then I left the show. Uh, I left the hang, you know, where she had told us to me. And then uh, she had messaged me on Facebook and been like, I can't believe you didn't know that I was hitting on you when I said the first thing you should do is change your age to my age. Oh and then that God. became that began my renaissance of <laughs> enjoying being single wow yeah see i have an interesting theory about I've, I've sh- why am i fucking flexing my right hand <laughs> you I've, gotta get strength in both yeah, arms i have an interesting theory about how young i would date in a in a second marriage and it was initially 35 35 was my cutoff because i don't i don't believe and i don't believe personally for me at 48 i feel like i would be stealing the childhood of a 22 year old right and That's, can I say 22 was too young? That's not something I, someone I could be in a serious relationship with. But that woman like uh, gave me a ton of confidence in myself and was very sweet to me. And uh, coming out of a relationship with someone that, you know, sometimes I felt bad about myself and I wasn't. It, it was someone that made me feel 
good about myself and confident in who I was as an attractive person to the other gender. It was like the perfect person to be the first person that you have a encounter with after you go through something like a divorce. I hung out with a girl. I hung out with a girl uh, that was I worked with a girl that was like 24 years old. And a bunch of people thought that I think, I mean, I don't know whether or not it's, it's real or not, but a few people said to me, is something happening between the two of you? And I said, no, not at all. First of all, I'm married. Number one, yeah, would never cheat on my wife. Number two, I was like, she's 24. And so many people were like, and, and I go, <laughs> I go, I'm not, she's a child. Like I am yeah. actually as old as her dad. Yeah. I'm actually as the exact same age as her dad. <laughs> and, and I, I couldn't, I, I see that as, I see that as gross for me at 48 yeah. to go, what, and by the way, I'd go broke within a fucking year trying to impress a 24 year old. Cause there's shit that a 24 year old <laughs> loses their mind over that. Like I'll say a 40 year old woman's like, you're wasting your money. Uh -huh. Like, like Leanne is 52, I think now, or no 51. Uh -huh. She'll be 51 this year. And, uh, Lee, she would never fly private ever, ever fly private. Yeah. I mean, I offered cause you know, we were doing Atlantic city and I, and it, you know, the girls each had two friends and, and we were having a good weekend. We'd sold a lot of tickets. And I said, why don't I fly us back and forth private? Uh -huh. And as a splurge, you know, I'm coming back yeah. from Serbia. Let's really splurge. And Leanne's like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> she was like, do you know how much that costs? And it, it was, it was an astronomical number. I mean, it was to the point where you're like, who, who does this? Like, I know how much money I was making and I thought it was a lot. Uh -huh. Who does this? And let me tell you something, 24 year olds, like, yeah, we're flying private. No one's going to say no to it. Like they don't have a frame of reference of how much money that is or it isn't. Yeah. I'd go broke. I had a joke about, I had a joke about wanting to date my manager, Judy really liked the joke too, about wanting to date someone younger just so I could impress them. Cause it's really hard to yeah. impress a wife. Yeah. Like nothing impresses my wife. Nothing. What impresses my wife is tonight we'll open a bottle of sparkling rosé that was sent to us by Demetrius Estates. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, let me be very clear. Demetria Estates is a vineyard. You can find them on my Instagram. They are an amazing vineyard. They have great rosé. There are people that introduced me to rosé. These dudes, we went for a wine tasting. Beautiful, beautiful up in uh, San Ynez Valley. They take us out. It's a gorgeous location. I'm having spasms in my left arm. Ah. Beautiful location. And they're fans. They know who I am. And they're like, have you ever had... Are you a fan of rosés? I said, I've never had a rosé. They're like, you need to try our rosé. And they brought me out their rosé. They're white, they're red. And I have, I signed up right then. I signed mm -hmm. up for a monthly, they send me monthly things. And now they're, I think they're friends of mine. I wouldn't say friends, but they know me and I know them. And I, I talk about them a lot on Instagram and podcasts. They sent me a sparkling rosé. They go, we don't make this. We only make this for us. Oh, wow. We're sending you three bottles. We hope you enjoy them. Uh-huh. By the way, keep it on the DL. Don't post it on Instagram. I posted yeah. on Instagram last night. <laughs> they, they actually DM'd me and they're like, hey, man, I thought we were pretty clear about what not to do. This sparkling rosé is phenomenal. That's My wife is impressed that these vin, these vin, 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 vin what are they called? That's it, vinners. <laughs> that they sent that. We're sitting in a backyard of a house that we own that is uh -huh. probably our dream house, you know? Yeah. And that impresses my wife. But with the 24-year-old, all it is is a fucking suite. At a nice hotel. hotel room, yeah. Nice hotel room, and they're like, <laughs> they gave us slippers. I mean, it would be there's, so. There's robes in here we can use. For, we only fly first class. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? It's so interesting. 
it's so interesting, but my age, and then I talked to another, uh, another friend and I said, 35 is my age. Yeah. And she did the same thing to me. She goes, I'm 33. And I said, well, yeah, but 35 is my age. She goes, what's, what's wrong with 33? And then after uh-huh. hanging out with her enough, I go, you know what? 33 is my age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And listen, I don't want to sound like a creep that was just trying to date super young women. That, that was like a perfect, I also had a, I, uh, went out a couple times with a woman that was 51 in in that time. See, I'd be into that. And then I learned a lot. I learned a lot from her and I just had a good time learning again who I was, what I have to offer to women in a relationship and I be, became much happier and more fulfilled and and now I'm in like the be- best place ever. I'm with a girl right now. We just moved in together 3 months ago. For real? Yeah. How old 30. Well, 31. 31. Oh, I like 31. 31. Yeah. 30, which is, she's amazing. 31's a great age. She's she's so cool. If she's you had so to say, funny. If you had to say to me, what is the franchise player, the franchise tag years of a woman's life? <laughs> right? Uh huh. 30 years old. When they turn 30, yeah. they're at their fucking prime. Uh huh. That is 30 is 30 to 40. Yeah. Is when I want to know the, a woman. Yeah, like, I don't care who the fuck she was in her twenties. Uh-huh. I definitely don't want to. I have two teenagers. I don't want to know them in their teens. <laughs> uh, fucking, I, they're so a human being is so lost in their teenage years. Twenties, <laughs> it's like I get it. I get it. You're making some big swings. Uh huh. Thirty, they've settled into who they are a little bit. They know what they yeah. do like and they don't like. God damn it! You think you'll? Uh, yeah, you, would, you, would you get married again? I would get married again. I mean, I'm not like, oh, God, I can't wait to get married again. But, I mean, this woman especially, we have, I think, you know, when you're able to look at relationships in retrospect, probably whatever relationship you're in, you feel like is the best relationship you've ever been in. Otherwise, why are you in it? So I definitely feel like that, that this is the best relationship I've ever been in. But she, here's something that she kind of taught me by being who she is. I used to think a woman had a good sense of humor if she thought I was funny. Oh, wait, hang on. That's, and uh, yeah. then leave it there. Yeah, that's what that's I thought. What I yeah, thought. That's, what I, that's what I thought. But she is so funny, makes me laugh constantly, makes my friends laugh. Really? My friends hanging and out with her a, are like, she's, a woman, she's like right? hanging out with her. Comedy. She's like a natural born woman, not transgendered. <laughs> like, a, like I get it if it's a yeah, transgender well, female. Yeah, testosterone supplements Yeah, yeah, if it's a transgender funnier. female, yeah, yeah. I get why she's so funny. But <laughs> as a woman, and this isn't Sarah Silverman, this is just a regular woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah, the way, yeah. Sarah Silverman would be a fucking home run to date. Oh, yeah. I'm I sure. think I I'm get sure. such a very funny. I get such a tremendous kick out of Sarah. Keep going. So she uh-huh. makes you laugh. She makes me laugh a lot. And she like makes me feel good about who I am and oh. makes me feel like I'm a good person and makes me feel like I'm funny. She's just she's just the she's the best. What, what state know? is she from? She's from Massachusetts. Okay. Which that's- I used to pronounce Massachusetts. And I found out that's wrong. And she made fun of me a lot for that. I, I, can, I, can, that I, thought, I thought it was Massachusetts. Uh, so Massachusetts. Yeah. Which my only experience, like I had only been to Boston a few times before that. And the first time I ever went there, I got beat up. A guy broke my jaw when I was there. What? Yeah. A guy broke my jaw when I was there. Uh, my buddy, I was with my uh, college roommate. And we we're playing a uh, golden tea against these like local guys. And I they, like I know this story. Keep yeah. Going, yeah. Yeah. Going, so I, t- I used to do a bit about it. And uh, just at one point they turned around and punched both of us. And I just woke up in the hospital with a broken jaw. I was there for three days, two surgeries, had my jaw wired shut for a while. And uh, that was my main. So I met this uh, woman from Massachusetts 
And I told her the story. And usually when I tell the story to people, they're very sympathetic and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe who would do that. You're such a nice guy. Who, who would punch you? You're, you're so nice and sweet. Who would just punch you? And I told the story to this woman and she said, what a punch. <laughs> that was her response. She was impressed with how good at fighting the guys that beat me up were. What a punch. What a punch. She is definitely from Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a punch. One punch? Uh, just- what a punch. <laughs> What's that guy's number? Do you have his information? What a punch. <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. Is she in the business? Uh, no, she is very funny. She's a copywriter for like an internet startup. Uh, if you have Instagram and you, uh, uh, You've probably seen her. She like writes direct advertising copy for uh, this one internet startup company that she told me not to say. That's interesting. And so did she, did she find you funny? Yeah, she finds me funny. Here's like a terrifying thing. So we met uh, off of Tinder and went on uh, two dates and then the pandemic happened here in oh, California. So shit. we had been on only two dates. I've, I've been doing a bit about it. I do. The bit I do is like, we went on two dates from Tinder and then the government came on t- and then the governor came on TV and said, you guys are together now. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how I mean, which basically is what happened because it was like, don't see anyone, but we had been on two dates, really hit it off. And then we were just like, well, we won't see anyone, but each other. We'll still only see each other. And I was lucky because I was working on two different TV shows. I was working on this show called The Movie Show, which is the reason I moved here. And then I was working on another show. show? It was a show on sci-fi. There's already no season two, which is such a bummer because I thought doing stand-up would be the only way to be rewarded for being funny. I thought maybe you write on a TV show. It's fun and you make some money. But writing on this TV show was so rewarding and I felt fulfilled and all the itches I needed from stand-up we're done on this thing. There was a staff of like five. Com- we were all stand up comics. It was all our first writing job. Uh, my friend Alex Stone created the show with another guy, Adam Dubowski. And uh, it was just the most fun. And I had that. So in the pandemic, I was doing this super rewarding writing job on a TV show. And then the same production company did the Steve Austin show, which you did. And then I ended up getting to do that because I was on this other show. And I met this girl who I just felt deeply in love with. I think it's so great. So it's the worst year anyone's ever had, but I'm having the best year I've ever had. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm fulfilled creatively. I'm fulfilled personally. And and you kind of, when you're that happy, especially last year, you have to like kind of keep it a secret because people are like, oh, this is the worst. And I'm like, I'm, I'm having a great you're, time. You're telling that to the guy whose special came out <laughs> two days after stay-at-home orders. Stay-at-home orders hit uh-huh. March 15th. My special came out March 17th. Uh-huh. Everyone in America was asked to go into their houses and not leave. Yeah. For that week, I was like, I was trending on Netflix. I was like, oh yeah. But you know, what's funny is that I'm, I'm someone who still sees glass. I see glass half full and everything, but I see a potential for glass half empty. And I got really antsy when I was like, hold on. I've got, I, I couldn't even tell you what the numbers are watching my special right now. Cause everyone's at home. And I'm not touring, and it made me crazy. And then I came up with the driving, oh yeah, driving show idea, which was so cool. And can I tell this? Well, of course I can tell the story. I'm on a podcast. I can yeah. tell stories. Yeah. So I was playing a club in Vegas. This is like the like we kind of hung out this day. Do you remember meeting up in Vegas? 
I was having an amazing weekend on the road because I oh was my God. Playing. I just saw a picture yeah. of me and you in Vegas. So I'm doing Vegas. I'm doing the Mirage in October. Uh-huh. And I just was like, oh, I'm going to grab a Vegas picture and promote the date. Oh, yeah. And there was a picture of me, you, and another dude who started smoking that weekend. Oh, really? And I, I and, and and I saw the video of going and of me drunk, just going, admit it, you're a failure. You're a loser. You can't help it. And he's like, it's just one cigarette, man. I wish I knew who that guy was. Uh, well, I can make guesses of who it was because I remember the night pretty well. I was pretty blacked out. Uh, here's what was so fun about that. I was having the best week. So I'm playing the club in Vegas. I'm just opening at Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. So I would just do my set and then go do fun things in Vegas. And there is a girl that I had met and she like I I flew her, which is like a fun. Power. You have all these miles when you're a comic. So sometimes I would meet a girl in one city and be like, uh. let me fly you into this fun. So I like flew this girl into a fun city and we were having a blast. I would do my shows like one night we had edibles and we saw Cirque du Soleil. One night we saw Ice Cube just happened to be in town. I saw Ice oh, Cube wow. concert. Most fun concert I've ever been to. And then she left and uh, Alex Stone, the guy that created the movie show and Tommy Johnigan, who's my closest, oldest friend in comedy, drove from L.A. to Vegas to surprise me to hang out for the night. And you were playing. I don't remember the what Mirage, theater was. Sure you, were, it was you were playing the Mirage. And so we went and met up, met up with you. And then we just had this wild yeah, night out was, in Vegas. And it was the, also the first time like I knew you from. It was like 2011 when we did a bunch of tour dates together. Hey, thanks again for bringing me all those dates. No, they were great. So fun. So uh, we met up with you and I didn't know how famous you were. I, I was like, I had listened to you on podcasts and I knew you were doing well, but you had played the theater. And then you had like security guards from the casino following us and everyone coming up. Bert, oh my God. And I was like, oh my God, my friend Bert is just out of nowhere <laughs> super famous <laughs> and it was just the best night we were playing oh, roulette. It was a fun me and night. all my friends ended up winning money just crazy that everyone yeah. left winning money it was I one of my most was, fun was nights Leanne on the road of all time leanne may have been there i don't think she came into the casino with us but now that i'm telling the story uh, well, I think now that i, I said her this, in the I, green room no i think if i'm not mistaken leanne was there and we had a table full of leanne's friends that leanne was sitting with and they were off to the side doing their own thing maybe I have pictures. I just saw the pictures the other day and I went, uh -huh. yeah, I do remember that night. So that night was me, John again, Alex Stone. Who's this guy? Dave Williamson was there and Brant Tobler. Also, maybe that was the it guy. Wasn't it I wasn't Brant. It wasn't Brant. Those well. are the people that I remember being there. But it was all time. One of my most fun nights on the road. Uh, God damn it, man. I hate going into your phone and being like, <laughs> uh, uh, here, I'll tell this while uh, you're looking on your phone. So you remember a joke of mine. Uh, there's a joke of yours that I always bring up when uh, people are talking about blowjob jokes. My all time favorite blowjob joke is a joke of yours where you said that you uh, accidentally watch gay porn. Yeah. And then you say, uh, women, you got to step up your blowjob game. You're you're playing JV basketball. JV basketball, and these gay guys are the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> My favorite blowjob joke of all time. I, I had a, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, it's so funny. I feel like I, I feel like I, 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 see, this is why I'm getting a new number. Oh, 
Yeah. It's is fan. that from? It's a fan. And it's not a fan. It's, 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 here's the problem is a lot of times it's fans. Uh-huh. And, that, and that's cool. Yeah. You get a phone call from a dude like, dude, I didn't think you'd answer. I'm a big fan. I love Two Bears, One Cave. Uh-huh. Sometimes you get brilliant ones. Like me and Tom were in the car. I posted on my Instagram stories. Uh, we were going through we were going through Starbucks drive through and I said to the guy, he's like, holy shit, it's me and Tom. And he goes, uh-huh. oh my God, I'm the fucking biggest fan of you guys. And I was like, yeah. oh, thanks. I go, who do you like more? And he's like, you. <laughs> and so I posted on Instagram stories. And not 10 minutes later, a guy calls and he goes, is this Bert? And I said, yeah. And he goes, shit, is Tom in there? And, I go, and me and Tom are still in the car. And I go, yeah. And he goes, I'm a bigger fan of Tom's. And he hung up. And you go, that's why it's, that's why you're cool with your number being out there is you get yeah. one of those, you get like, you realize how funny so many people are. So many people are really funny. And then so many people are just drunk. Hey, Bert, uh, Bert, I, I, it's, uh, what you call it? I uh, want to know if you and Tom want to hunt goose, geese or whatever. <laughs> and then I'm like, nah, I don't think we can make it. He's like, all right, man. One guy, one guy texted me one time and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, man, I got your number for my brother. It was my birthday, and he didn't give me a present, so he sent me your number, said you'd wish me happy birthday. <laughs> so I sent him a video. I was like, what's up, motherfucker? Happy birthday. And he's like, best birthday present ever. And you're like, those work out. That's when the internet's cool. And then you uh-huh. get some really bad people out there. I think they're children, really. I really do uh-huh. think they're children. I don't think a grown man would do stuff like this. Like, what's the worst one you ever got? Uh, I, I've, I've, I've talked about it on Two Bears. Um, I, I, I haven't talked about what it was there was a guy who um the way he talked to me was very predator it was very uh-huh. much like a serial killer uh uh-huh. the way he spoke to me or texted me and and then he called a couple times and uh and it was it was very rapey it was like very like his fingers were in my mouth the way he was talking to me come on bird you know you mm-hmm. know you, you know you got this like yeah the way he did it i went this is a actually a bad person and i want to report him like, this isn't, no one talks like that. Like, no one, you would never do that to a person you don't know, uh-huh. nor would you call up a person that you're a fan or not a fan of, or, or call up a person who's known, yeah. and you wouldn't talk to them like that. I called him twice on Two Bears. Yeah. I called him. I wanted to, him to answer. I wanted to find out who he was, and I wanted to out him, because that person's a bad person, and I know when, I know bad people, you know? Like, I know, uh-huh. I've, seen, I've been around enough bad people where you hear their inner dialogue, you know how they think, yeah. and you go, well, that's, that's pretty gross. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I've been wanting to apologize to you for a while about I've that. I've got phone his call. number saved. I got his number saved on my phone. I was with Mark Norman. Uh-huh. I was with Mark Norman the first time he started texting me, and I went, and I thought it was a friend. That's how intimate it was. And I was like, "No, who's that? Wait, new new phone. Who's this?" And he was like, yeah. "Don't you worry about that." The way he said that, I was like, "Don't you worry about that." Yeah, like it was. It was so creepy that I. But I have his phone number saved, and he didn't answer when I called. He's a coward. Uh He's a coward. I called him twice. He's a coward. He knows. I'm sure he saved my number. Um, And I stole his number. I've done some things to him. (laughs) I've done some things to him. I'm very... Uh There was a... a, um, Do you want to talk about the things that you've done to him? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one. Uh There was a car that was for sale one time, and... uh, And... uh, And... uh, (laughs) And I, I posted it online and put his number on it. <laughs> for a very low rate, uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm sure people called him. Uh, I, I've I've used his number. I've submitted his number when they go. Do you want to leave a phone number? And oh I'll yeah, that's number. good to have a number like that. Yeah, I submit his number. I hate this guy. I'm, I'm and but here's the, it's a long game, right? Yeah, like he's probably forgot about those phone calls. He sure. might have. 
I've never forgotten them uh-huh. and I will never forget them. And I still have his phone number and I'm not getting rid of this phone. I'm going to hold on to this one, put it uh-huh. in the phone and I'll turn it on from time to time and go, <laughs> I wonder if he's texted. And there's a, there's a couple, the one guy that was hoping that I died in surgery and was talking about my daughters and what would happen to them without a father. Yeah. And then you just go, uh. that's a real guy. I wanted to post those on, fi- I showed them to Tom. Yeah. I wanted to post them online and go, Hey guys, uh-huh. here's this guy's number and this is how he behaves. But yeah. You, you can't. You, you no, can't. You, no, you, you and, can't. Because then you're giving you, him you exactly one. It's like a be... heckler in the crowd that you engage with, and they don't stop ever. And you got to be Batman. You yeah. got to be Batman. You got to be Batman. And go, hey man, I don't mean this shitty. I mean this real. Is that I'm very lucky in life. I, I, I'm living a, a life. I'm very happy to live. I, I do a podcast. I do two podcasts with two of the greatest comics living right now, Tom Segura and Bill Burr, two of the greatest. I do a podcast with each of them. Yeah. I have an opportunity once a week to sit down with guys like you, who I fucking think are the funniest guys in the world that I absolutely adore and, and have a cigar and have a cocktail. And no one says anything. Mm-hmm. No one comes in and goes, whoa, 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 Bert, no drinking, no cigar. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting my arm back. I'm going to shoot a TV show. I just shot a movie. God has been very good to me. And if, and if my penance is for all the bad shit I have done in life uh-huh. is that I get these real horrible texts. If that's the tax you pay, mm-hmm. then that's the tax you pay. Yeah. You know, I know I've talked shit about, I talk shit about in, in fun ways about Dak Shepard, about Matt Damon, about Ben Affleck. I've, <laughs> like I, I mean, I've said things that maybe they will Smith that they would, they would take sideways and be like, Hey man, I'm a person also. Yeah. And I would probably go, hold on. You're Matt Damon, bro. Yeah. Chill out. And he'd be like, I'm a fucking person, bro. Yeah. Like, I- I'm certain. By the way, I don't even know what I said bad about my Damon. But like, <laughs> but so that's the tax and, and you get, it comes with it. I remember watching Rogan one time. Do you want to say something bad about Matt Damon just as an example right now? No, I get a kick out of Matt Damon. <laughs> By the way, I'm, I, I do too. I also love I Matt Damon. I pot committed to Matt Damon and Ben Affleck when they came out and did fucking Good Will Hunting. I cried I, in the I theater. Said, I said out loud, these are my two new movie stars. Uh-huh. I'll do everything. I'll, I'll watch everything they do. You just put it up there. I'll watch it. Everything they do. I'll watch everything. G- jiggly. Everything. You know what? I think uh, Geely, Ben Affleck gets a lot of bad. I'm, I'm on your podcast supporting Ben Affleck and Geely right now, but he gets a lot of flack and Jennifer Lopez gets a lot of flack. But the reason the movie was bad was the guy that played the brother that was mentally handicapped when he did the thing like from Tropic Thunder. He was full full on that's the reason the movie was bad oh yeah well i i, I am such a fan of ben Aff- beneflex that i go <laughs> i'm such a fan of his yeah you Nobody know when, when he succeeds when he succeeds he i feel like i succeed uh-huh I, I do and i've said this people know what i'm saying right now i love matt damon i love will smith uh-huh. and, and by the way uh, this sounds crazy but like I feel like I discovered Dak Shepard when he was on Punked. Like yeah. I liked him on Punked. So when he started doing well, I felt like I was succeeding, right? Like it's like, and so when I bust balls of, and I do it a lot more probably of Dak Shepard out of anybody, but it's just because he has a podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, once, you, once you're in the game that we're all in, yeah, I, you, you're open. Dude, they're a podcast dedicated to trashing me. <laughs> and I and I hate to say it, I I sometimes enjoy them. I sometimes there's a guy there's a guy and and, and I'm, I'm certain this will get back to him. 
But I've seen him trash me, and he does a good uh-huh. job. He's, probably, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty entertaining. He is actually pretty entertaining, and 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 it it hurts my feelings a lot, like it does. Uh-huh. But hey, man, you fucking, you put your name in the ring. Yeah, you're gonna. You, you, I, I'm I'm full of shit, man. I am totally full of shit. I'm an alcoholic. I'm I fucking. You can catch me in lies about doing drugs or whatnot. Like, yeah, I, I'm fucking full. Like, and if you're gonna call me on it and you do a good job of it, then fucking kudos to you. This podcast is brought to you by 3Chi. You know, it's so funny. I was talking to a person I'm working with who is a hip-hop artist, T-Pain, and we were talking about weed, and he was like, oh, we don't have weed. We have the Delta 8 stuff. And I was like, Delta 8? And then I was like, wait, you're talking about 3Chi? It gives an amazing buzz, is what he said, a great body feel with a clearer head and less anxiety and paranoia. Oh, my God. Where was this stuff when I was in high school? Now it's available online at 3Chi.com. That's the number 3 chi.com at retailers around the country and at retailers around the country. Remember, this is not CBD. It is psychoactive, so it will give you a buzz. So you have to use a responsible. They've got eight ball candies, uh, cookies, and crispy treats. You got to pace yourself. They come in packs of five and 25. The cookies are available in chocolate chip, sugar cookie. You can, the, the, I got the fruity crispy treat. You're going to like them. They taste fucking awesome. They also have disposable vapes. A separate battery is no longer needed for your vape cartridge anymore. They come in ready to use right out of the box. Available in 10 strains. Go to 3Chi, that's the number 3chi.com, and shop for Delta 8 edibles, vapes, tinctures, gummies, and oils that can be used to make your own homemade edibles. Use the code BIRD at checkout, and you'll receive 5% off. You gotta be 21 to purchase. Remember, that's the number three CHI.com and use the code BERT. It is peak summer. This podcast is brought to you by Bird Dog. And it is shorts wearing season. I'm telling you, Bird Dogs are the best shorts you'll ever own. They're the only shorts you need for the summer. You wake up, you go to the gym, you can work out because they have a super soft built in underwear. You can jump in the pool, they dry off quick. Brunch, golf, uh, cigar out by the back. They are the shorts. They are the short shorts of the summer. And I wear them a little short short because I like to show off my legs. Let me tell you something. Legs are the new buys. Bird Dog stole Lululemon's designer and they are literally just doing it better. I have two pairs that I go in rotation with nonstop. I've said this before and I'll say it again. My American flag ones and my seersuckers ones. I think I'm using seersucker right. Anyway, I love my Bird Dogs. They're the best shorts I've ever had and they look fucking awesome. Go to birddogs.com, enter the promo code BERT and they'll throw in a free Bird Dog whistle tip football. That is like those Nerf footballs we had when we were a kid. They're the must-have beach toy of the summer. That's birddogs.com and use the promo code BERT and boom, a free bird dog whistle tip football with your pair of bird dogs. They have tons of styles you can pick from. But I, like I said, get the shorter ones. Show off the legs. Legs are the new guns. That's what I meant to say. Legs are the new guns. Ooh, bird dog, you can use that. You're not going to take these things off. I promise you. What is the funniest thing someone has said trashing you, would you say? Ooh. Like sadly, f- sadly, it's it's sadly it's um you know Rogan Burr, Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz has destroyed uh-huh. me at times. Yeah, and those are my favorite ones. Yeah. Um, there was a guy one time that that I that is not of mention. Like no one's ever heard of this guy. He probably had a, a thousand views, and he was he really lit into me, and it was so accurate. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! Like. Like and, and you know basically he's he's a he's a Bill Burr fan yeah and and there was you know the the problem with me and Burr having a podcast is that our fans are two different types of humans yeah you know like Burr's fans are like are like 
Burst fans, I don't know the right way to say it, but like sometimes they don't want to hear anyone else other than Bill speak. Yeah. And so I, in speaking on that podcast, offend them. Like oh. they, they get, they're like, why does he even have to speak at all? And I go, because this is me and Bill. Yeah. And if you just want to listen to Bill, listen to Monday mornings with Bill. Like yeah. that, that's how that works. And, and, and I don't align with everything Bill thinks sometimes. And, 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 but I'm also, I'm also whatever the fuck you want to think I am. I'm a, glad handy giggly motherfucker and uh -huh. i want to make sure bill's having a good time i want to make sure our guests having a good time yeah i i don't i don't take hard stances on certain things that bill takes hard stances on but yeah i, I but uh and so some of those the, some of the the ones that have destroyed me the most are the ones that are fans of bill oh they, yeah and, and, and they're always accurate i got i can't shit on these guys <laughs> i can't shit on these guys because i do the same thing i do the same thing uh-huh and they fucking and when they light me up i it hurts. Yeah. It sticks with me for a day or two, which uh -huh. is what their intention is, is for me to see it. And it's sick. And they're doing their job. But you just got to just distance yourself from him and not watch him because you're like, if it, if it fucks you up too much, you're like, you forget that, you, you know, you also have maybe, you know, 10,000 people in an arena, you know, coming to see you uh, or, 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 or 2,000 people in a theater coming to see you that are also fans of yours, mm -hmm. that, that they like what you do. So you go, okay. You're going to get that. I mean, it is so crazy. I'm in the same headspace on a much smaller scale of one person that says something negative about me affects me so much more than a hundred people saying something nice about me, which is a messed up way to be in your head. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, it, it. Can I tell you this about Bill Burr since Bill Burr just got brought up? Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if I, I hope I get to tell him this in person one time, but my first ever week emceeing, I started in St. Louis and my first ever week emceeing Bill Burr was a headliner. It was 2003 and he took me out to lunch with the feature act and, you know, he bought lunch and he yeah. was just like, this is just like a thing. Headliners do headliners pay for lunch. You're going to get used to it in comedy. And then, uh, you know, I headline clubs now and just, I tell the story so often because just this past weekend, I took the two opening acts out to the Waffle House. You know, the total for the three yeah. of us is $25, the Waffle House. Uh, so I sit and they're like, let, let me pay. And I'm like, when well, I'm the headliner, this is like a tradition in common that the head in comedy that the headliner pays for a meal. And then I tell the story. My first ever week, I'm seeing Bill Burr was the headliner. Yeah. And he bought me lunch. And uh, so, so many comics, they're like, this is my first weekend headlining. Or in doing hosting, and yeah. I say, I'm sorry, your story is not going to be as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I had one of my favorite ones ever was uh, I was working, I was working, I was working uh, Dayton, and I was with um, Henry Phillips, and Henry Phillips, I love Henry Phillips, hit me up and he went, Hey, I'm headlining uh, Wiley's, yeah, I think, and you're at Dayton. Do you want to take our features to eat? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, I thought it was so cool. Yeah. And we sat, we ate lunch and then we sat for another two hours and just giggled. Isn't that so fun when you're playing a club and you look to see the other club in town and it's someone, you know, and then you get to get together. That's I did that with Dan Soder. I'd never met yeah. Dan Soder. I'd never met Dan Soder. And I was in uh, Vancouver or yeah, like probably Vancouver. Maybe not somewhere in, in Cal Calgary. Yeah. I was in Calgary. Uh-huh. And he hit me up. He was like, hey, um, I'm in town. I know we have a lot of similar friends. Yeah. Do you want to go eat lunch? And I was like, yeah. 
And I texted a couple of people and I was like, yo, you, you know Dan Soda, right? And yeah. Big Jay's like, you're going to love Dan. Yeah. We went to lunch. We went to lunch Saturday and Sunday. Oh, wow. And we, both our lunches were like four hours long, just gossiping, just talking shit, just like chopping it up. That's my favorite thing. That's my favorite thing of like, and I keep thinking of that, that one guy that, one guy lit me up really good about me and Bill. It was, he was pretty uh -huh. accurate. But I thought, <laughs> I thought the one saving grace is like, I know Bill and I know Bill likes me more than he's going to like that guy ever. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy that he's in love with, I get to hang out with all the time and, and makes me laugh on the DL. Like Bill's, mm -hmm. Bill's so funny just in private, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so many times he's made me, and, and just to pick his brain with comedy, that's such a blessing. Uh huh. To be able to say to Bill, you know, my, a lot of my whole business model of how I do specials is based on Bill Burr. It's based on the way Bill Burr does stand-up comedy. And it's so crazy to think that a guy I've known 22 years is, you know, I don't look at him. I mean, I, I, I obviously I look at Bill. I know where Bill is in this business. I know where he is in, in our art form. And I, I respect that. But I also know him. I've known him for long enough where I, mm -hmm. I don't hold him in esteem the way I can't just talk to him the way I want to talk to him. And so, but to be able to look at the way he does his business and go, okay, you know, what Bill does is fucking brilliant. Uh -huh. Every hour he challenges himself to do something a little different, a little new. Yeah. He, and, and I've always tried to do that and I haven't done it great. You know, I'm not Bill Burr, but, but it's, it's cool to have friends like that or Rogan or, you know, like, uh, like to have friends where you can go, I'm going to pick their brain and see what they're doing. And then uh -huh. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do it a little bit of that. Like I, yeah. I, I, I there's, there's a lot of comics I wish I was like Brian Regan. Uh-huh. Fucking the maybe the greatest. Greatest of all time. Yeah. Maybe the greatest of all uh -huh. time. To have his number and be able to call him or or just hear his his thoughts on life, you know? Like cause he's yeah. you know, been through divorce and like you know, partied hard and done the road. His bus got out of a control at an airport. Like yeah. he's got he's had some life stories to be able to pick him up like or Gaffigan, you know, these guys right. are like the fucking greatest in our business. Brian Regan, something is so cool about him, and it's not a secret. Every comic has the same story. I, I was playing the Skyline in Appleton. He was doing a theater nearby, and uh, he came to hang out at the yeah. Skyline because he loves comics. He loves hanging out with comics. Yeah. We're all starstruck. We can't believe he's there. And 30 comics have that story. I have it. I Just, was sitting, I was sitting at the I was sitting in at the Des Moines Funny Bone, and I got a call from Pete Corielli. He said, What are you doing? Uh -huh. I said, we just got off stage. Uh, we're partying at the bar. He goes, kick everyone out. And I said, what? And he goes, kick everyone out. Just let the staff stay there, but kick all your fans out. Uh -huh. And uh, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, in my head, I was like, okay. And Brian Regan's tour bus pulled up. Brian Regan walked in. It's the first time I met him. And he goes, hey, man, Pete said you're a really funny guy. And I was like, I was like, hey, man, I'm going to geek out and then I'll get it yeah. over with. But I got to geek out real quick. <laughs> I told him a great, I told him a great story, a great comic story to tell another comic is, we were driving over Laurel Canyon. We had just gone to uh, to the farmer's market with my daughters. We're driving over Laurel Canyon and uh, Sirius XM is doing their raw dog comedy or XL comedy or whatever it is. And we're listening and Brian Regan comes on and I go, oh my God, girls, this is something we can all listen to. And I turned it up. Yeah. And I don't remember the bits he was telling, but my daughters were laughing and my wife was laughing and I was laughing. And then my wife just, it goes to the next comic and turns it down. And she goes, this is what daddy does for a living. Uh huh. And they're like, what? And they're like, and I realized my daughters didn't know what I did. And they're yeah. like, this is what daddy does for a living. He does what you just listened to. Uh huh. And they're like, what do you mean? 
And she's like, you remember listening to that guy and we were laughing? And they're like, yeah. She's like, that's daddy's job. And they went, oh. And uh-huh. I was like, Brian, that's the coolest thing is that, first of all, they get to hear you do it and go, oh, so dad's as good as Brian Regan? And they're like, no, not really. But yeah. <laughs> but just so you know, that is what daddy kind of does. A lot more dicks and pussies in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really, uh, I think Brian is the, fu- I think, I think Brian's the fucking greatest. He's so great and so cool and so generous. His with last his time special with was other so comedians. fucking good. It was so good. The only thing I didn't like about it was when I put it on, it was during the pandemic, and I really wanted to hear what Brian Regan thought about the pandemic. Yeah, but did he t- did he t- film it before the pandemic or during? No, it was during, I think, because some people in the crowd did have masks on. Oh, interesting. And that I wanted to, so, but I can't wait for the next one because maybe the next, because somebody told me something, maybe it was John again, somebody that knew him was like, he's always an hour ahead of the special that he puts out. Like he's touring with an hour ahead of what he put out. Yeah. If that, that makes sense. That makes like sense. he, he doesn't release an hour and write a new one. He's one ahead at all times. We, we just got this new house and, uh, and our house it's bef- beautiful by the way thank you thank you very much um <laughs> our house before was 1900 square feet is as big as the entire house was which is is not bad but it, it is you know fairly tight with two kids and uh-huh and uh and and the lot was seven thousand square feet so we were we were a little on top of each other um and i told brian i want to buy the big house i want to get the big house before the girls graduate and he said i ah, i wouldn't do it i said what and he goes ah, i got the big house like yeah i'm not missing anything he goes, man, I go into your house and it smells like a family. It it, it sounds like a family. It, it's a family. Like, like you don't have to go. Like, you can get in touch with everyone. You can yell their names and they're in the room uh-huh. in a matter of minutes. And every time I yell for my daughters and no one hears me in this house right now, like uh-huh. I'll yell for the girls and then Georgia will come down screaming, I'm trying to hear it yell for you, but you can't hear me. And then I'm uh-huh. like, now we're fighting. And then I thought, that never happened in the old house. <laughs> God damn it. I remember he walked through my old house with me after saying that. And Georgia comes running through the house and he's like, mom, Isla kicked me in the vagina. And Brian's like, this is what a house should sound like. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. How did we get on this tangent of like just celebrating comics? Tommy Jonigan one of my uh, favorite fucking comics. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. I mean, we started together. It bummed me out when he I listened stopped. to him on your. Well, he didn't really stop. It's like uh, he was very successful writing on shows and selling shows and he had two kids so he didn't have enough time for it now i think his kids are a little bit older and he's getting back out and doing more stand up and it's just as funny as it ever was here something he has an hour that never got released to anyone that was so funny he recorded it wasn't happy with the recording and now it's now it's just gone it's because he has like this quality control in his brain that's just like i'm not putting it out whereas i was if it was me i'd be like ah, i don't care if the sound wasn't perfect i would put it out where did let, you where did you record money. it i think comedy works in denver just audio just audio yeah just oh, audio wow i would fucking i'd go back to comedy works clean that up and do and release it uh-huh yeah I'm, i mean maybe he will maybe he will one day i mean he's so good and just like you're talking about your friends in comedy him and Pat McGann, I would say, are my two closest Pat McGann, friends. I, I had Pat on the podcast. Yeah, I've listened to both of their episodes. Tommy's episode, I did take exception with because he told this story about Mike Birbiglia giving him some advice uh, where uh, to write about your life is the best way to be original because no one else has had your life. 
And uh, he told the story. And it's a great story. My only problem with the version of his story was I was also there. <laughs> I got the same <laughs> advice. And I've given shit to him about it to his face. So it's not like I'm talking behind his back. But Mike I was Birbiglia, also there. Mike Birbiglia is a fucking amazing guy. Yeah, we, Tommy and I had, you know, we started around the same time in St. Louis. Tommy we, turned me on. To so many comics, I would have never been into. Oh yeah, because he had a he had a love for comedy and in in you know he was adverse to watching anything that was similar to him or that he could kind of uh, he could kind of parrot. Like he was like, yeah, I can't watch certain people because I find myself getting their energy. And I, so yeah. I just but he goes, but there's a lot of great comics. And he was like, I remember he was like. Uh, Emo Phillips is fucking amazing. Yeah. And he was like, and he was like, Berbiglia, you, do you, you're, you're kind of like Berbiglia. And I didn't think us even remotely uh -huh. similar. And he was like, Berbiglia is amazing. You ever, you ever listened to his, his uh, things he does on Bob and Tom? Yeah. And like, I mean, I remember Tommy introduced me to Bob and Tom. I didn't know right? about Bob and Tom at the time. And he was, he was like, Tosh, Bob and Tom, like all these guys. And I knew Tosh, but I didn't know Tosh did Bob and Tom. Yeah. But there was like a whole genre of comics that I would have slept on if it wasn't for Tommy. Yeah. And Birbiglia is fucking definitely one of them. He's so good. The The thing happened. We uh, we drove together from St. Louis to Springfield to do a comedy contest. And the prize of the contest was the opening week at the club. Yeah. And we uh, tied for first place in the contest. So they let us split the opening spot. And we had been riding together. We were kind of friends, but we had maybe only hung out like five times up until then. Yeah. And then we're taking a road trip together and sharing a hotel room and opening from Mike Birbiglia and we had like we had never it's our both of our first road date uh so when we checked into the hotel we didn't know that you could just ask for two beds we didn't know that when you were at a hotel you could just ask for, we, I think we assumed that two beds was more money so we got a hotel with one bed we slept <laughs> together in the bed and then uh and then the week went well the story happened with Mike Birbiglia where he's like guys if you want to be original write about your life it changed the way both of us wrote yeah it was so uh, important to me. Like it was so influential to a point where uh, uh, comic Greg Warren, do you know, Greg Warren, of course, yeah. he gave me some tough love. He was like, you got to stop listening to Mike Birbiglia. You sound like Mike Birbiglia. You just have to stop listening to him because yeah. you you're taking up his style too much. And uh, so anyway, we got that advice and we did the week together and then we were like, well, we want to do it again. And the club was like, yeah, why don't you guys do it together again? And we got together, we talked about, should we do it again? And we both wanted to do it again. And we said, but we should tell them this time, don't we need two beds. And we told it to the club and they're like, yeah, just ask for two beds at the hotel. They're like, that's the rooms are the same. We don't know why you shared a bed the first time. Well, you guys are real businessmen. You yeah. put your foot down. Two we beds. Hardcore. And we two want to beds. shower separately. <laughs> we know that they think one person is in there, so we don't want to waste all the water. So we've been showering together to gun all the water, but that's fucking great. Oh. So you're living in LA now. Yeah, I'm living in LA. I moved living here. Living with this chick. Living with this chick. Well, in Santa do? Monica. We moved to Santa Monica. I was in LA. Moved to Santa Monica. She was living in Santa Monica. She loves it. I wanted to move to Santa Monica when I first moved here for the show. And everyone was like, the commute is ridiculous. You don't want to live in Santa Monica. Uh, and they were probably right. But now I live in Santa Monica and I love it. I love it. I see the ocean every day. I walk with my dog on the beach every day. Oh, it's, it's so fucking great. It's amazing. You're going to start surfing? It's amazing. I would love to start. So I need to take a lot. I think when my girls come next week, I'm going to do, do a lesson, lesson with the three of us. That's yeah, a great I think idea. it's something we're going to do. And then get into it. 
Yeah, I because I'm close enough that I could walk with a board to the beach and do it every day. And How great would that be? Yeah, I'm. I'm all I'm doing. I'm ready to get into. It. I mean, I grew my hair out long during the pandemic. I'm ready. I'm it's, ready to yeah. be a surfer. Yeah, fun as well. It's 41's not too old to learn. Yeah, no, no, it's not too old. It's probably too old to ever be good, but it's not too old to start you, doing it. You never know. I mean, what if what if you are just catching your window where your body meets up with all the synapses and now you're the greatest surfer? I felt like that was going to happen with me with diving. I don't think going to happen with me. I have a fucked up toe right now. This wow. is a, a, here's a, this is embarrassing. Uh, but so I have only lived with my girlfriend for three months now and we've okay. been together so this since whole the pandemic you just we just dated and we would like take turns spending at each other's house until december when i i got my dog back from my marriage when we split my ex-wife was like there's no way you're getting this dog but she uh was giving the dog away and uh she ended up giving it to her first sex husband and so i found out about it and i ended up uh being right. like, well, we had written into our divorce agreement that she can't give the dog to anyone but me. So I talked it over with my stepdaughter and uh, my wife's ex, uh, first ex-husband. And I'm like, I want the dog. I'm going to come get the dog. And it was like emotional and everything because I felt bad taking the dog away from my stepdaughter. But I'm just like, well, it's my dog. I bought that dog. I wanted that dog. I wasn't able to get her. And so in December, I flew to North Carolina and then drove across the country at the height of covid i got it during this trip COVID? also yeah during the trip to get the dog i got covid and i was so careful i stayed at campgrounds how did you get covid i don't know i think i either got it at lax or on the plane because on the way back i i camped out every night because i was scared to stay in hotels and were you sick on the and way I back i still got it no i wasn't really sick until the day i got I, I got back and then I waited like a few days, however many days they said you're supposed to wait before you get tested from when you're exposed. And I got yeah. tested and uh, I started feeling symptoms on the day I got tested. Then I got the results like two days later, I had it. So Christmas, I had to be alone because I had COVID. My uh, girlfriend and I were going to spend COVID together, but we couldn't. Christmas. She did the, yeah, yeah. I, I said spend COVID together. We did do that also at Christmas. She did the sweetest thing. You know that scene in uh, um, was it Love Actually where the he's like got the signs like the yeah yeah the yeah, cue yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. She came over and I stood on my balcony and she's like, "Come outside your balcony right now." And she like rewrote that speech from that movie on cue cards and did it for me from the ground. It's just the this girl's amazing. She did yeah. it. It was so so sweet. I'll never I'll never forget. It was the cutest because i was so lonely yeah it was christmas i had covid who knows if i'm about to go to ha the hospital at any moment oh, were you and freaking out? Just, like, how sick did you get i didn't get i was sick like i felt really bad but i never had a cough which i think is when i would have started getting scared that like it's in my lungs yeah i'm gonna have to go to but i never had a cough thank god and and so i just, I, I just had it and I don't know where I was going with the story, but I got, I got the dog. So once I got the dog, then we only stayed at my place because dogs weren't allowed at her place. Okay. And then her lease ran out and we were planning on moving in together like November of this year. We're like, well, if it's still together, maybe November of this year, I think that's dating long enough. And then her lease ran out, her landlord raised the rent and she was like, you know, for fuck that. Let's just move in together now. Well, she didn't. So we decided together. Let's move in together. That's so romantic. Fuck that. Let's yeah, just fuck do that. it now. Let's do it now. So we didn't. I couldn't be. I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. So wait, that's super spiteful not to. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, and my toe. That's the reason I brought it. Thank you very much. Can we talk for a second how Halston looks like a grandma wrapped up in the afghan over there? Working oh, up? you cut the AC because <laughs> you were cold. <laughs> He's so cold he needs that on. Meanwhile, I am at a level where I'm like, I'm worried I have sweat under I'm my I'm sweating. Boobs. My balls are sweating. <laughs> my worried. armpits are sweating. I'm worried I'm on camera and have sweat I, under my... <laughs> I, I, by the way, all I've been thinking is that this shirt is ill-fitting because of my cast. Yeah, I'm doing and I the can't, thing. Like, I can't fucking, and everyone's just going to be like, God, man, Bert's put on a lot of weight since he broke his arm. So wait, what happened to your foot? So here's how I messed up my toe. Uh, so I was saying we hadn't been together that long just because I think you understand. we had been, we had gone for a run together. Yeah. My girlfriend and I went for a run together and I was wearing running shorts that have a liner in them that are pretty tight. So we had exercise and I had tight underwear on and she was in the shower and I was like, oh, I'm just going to pop in the shower with her. And I, you know, I looked down, I'm like, I'm not. I'm not at a point right now where I, our relationship's new enough. I don't want her to see me like this. And, it, and also, if my stepkids are listening or my mom stop listening, you don't want to hear the rest of the story. So I'm like, I need to do something to make myself more presentable yeah. in the shower. Yeah. And so I'm doing that and just kind of stumbling around while I'm doing that. And I just, my foot right into the wall hurts i'm screaming in the hallway because it hurts so bad it's swollen up it's black and blue it's just horrible and the whole thing was because i was trying to make my penis more presentable <laughs> in the shower to my girlfriend who i don't want to be like which does it does it get this small on a regular basis Is that <laughs> I, I i've stubbed my toe at times where i thought this is how, if someone was trying to remove a toe from their foot, this is how hard they'd kick. Where I go, like, where I've been like, uh, it doesn't, no one kicks harder than this. Yeah, yeah. So it's humiliating, and it's been like two weeks now. I know I should have gone to the doctor probably, but I didn't go to the doctor. I don't think you can fix feet. That's what, I, I had a broken toe another time, and I went and I got an x-ray, and they said, okay, we're going to put you in a walking boot for two months for your broken toe. And then I said like, well, I have a health insurance, but it's the worst health insurance there is. I, I just buy the worst kind you can get. Yeah. So uh, my deductible super high, just out of curiosity, how expensive is the walking boot? And they said, oh, well, if you don't have good insurance, just don't even worry about it. You'll be fine. Really? Yeah. So they, I didn't need it for that. So I was like, well, even, worst case scenario, they're going to say, put a walking boot. And then I'm going to be like, I don't have good insurance. And they're going to say, don't worry. So I've just been limping for the last two weeks with this toe that uh yeah i i broke i broke my 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 big toe i broke my big toe one time destroyed it shattered it and i just did nothing about it and it's fine mm -hmm. i've broken my pinky toes so many times oh, this i dropped a weight on my foot one oh time. my god i dropped uh -huh. a weight on my foot and i was barefoot and there was a huge dent in my foot. And I thought, fuck. It's interesting. I never really looked at those. I was like, it'll bounce back. Like, not not thinking, Yeah, maybe you need surgery. It wasn't until this arm injury where I was like, oh, so it won't bounce back. And they're like, no, you've torn, you know, 50, 60, 59% of your tendons in your arm. Your arm's going to shrink up into itself. Uh -huh. and, then I, I, and then I thought, how many times have I injured myself and just not taking care of it? <laughs> and gone like how many muscles are shrunk up inside myself like i fucked my i fucked my back up one time really aggressively on a uh a, a way a wakeboarding track so yeah. you know like the the it pulls you 
along in the in a circle and you wakeboard in the circle. Oh, really? I never heard of that. It's that's, really it's really sounds fun. fun. It's really fun. And there's no alligators. It's really safe. It's great. Uh huh. And I did it one time and was like stuck in the middle of the lake and thought I'll just grab it as it comes by. And it came by and I grabbed onto it and it ripped. To this day, I have problems on my left scapula. I think it oh, ripped man. all the muscles out and I never got it fixed. I I did a blob, which is like you sit on this big balloon, deflate, half deflated, and another guy jumps on. Yeah, yeah it. I've it's, seen heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did a blob and I kicked out both my hamstrings. Oh man! And I I didn't think anything of it. I said they'll fix themselves, and I still have problems with my hamstrings. Uh -huh. And I go, I wonder if I should have gotten that taken care of. If you did, you probably would win the New York Marathon when you do it. How do you I, got it fixed? I know. <laughs> I wonder if sometimes I wonder how many things are me are broken. Like I remember punching a wall in college uh -huh. and breaking my hand and I still have problems with that finger. And I go, that's something you should have gotten fixed. Yeah. Never had any surgeries until this one. Have you ever had a surgery? Yeah. I was just listening to you talk about uh, how you had never been put under on one of your podcasts and I've broken both arms. And so both arms I was put under. Really? Yeah. How'd you, break, how'd you break both first one i was a kid i fell at a tree house and the second one i was in high school and uh i, I was in high and i was on the swimming team and our coach was like my one rule is no winter sports no winter sports people always get injured from winter sports but i still i went sledding with my buddies and we were playing this game where like whoever makes it to the bottom of the hill first is the winner and we would beat the shit out of each other on the way down the hill and it was so fun yeah and then my one buddy just tackled me his knee landed right on my wrist and broke my wrist it was obviously bro there was like a lump in my wrist you know you oh, you could see yeah. the bone bulging there and uh i had to finish the swim seat i i had to like every practice put my arm in a trash bag and hold it up and i just did kick sets the whole time but my legs were strong by the end of the thing my, i plan on my legs getting fucking jacked yeah by the end of this so i get the brace on tomorrow Okay. And then I'm just going to do squats every day. Nice. Just power, just fucking, just fucking get the most jacked legs. Yeah. There's nothing sexier than a dude with fucking thick legs. <laughs> well, a woman. But. A woman with thick legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I like any woman. Any Is woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any woman. <laughs> I would like to do a cycle of steroids just to get my body back. <laughs> well, you're an actor now. You're, I think actors do it all. I don't know if they talk about it a lot, but. I don't it's think hard to believe it. it's hard to believe that some of these actors get as huge as they get without steroids. Oh, it's impossible. Yeah, it's actually, so I think you have the in. It's kind of funny thinking that they get that jacked and then don't do their own stunts. You're like, well, what did you get that jacked for? <laughs> like, in, like, I mean, like, it, that's uh, so fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, do your own stunts and get that jacked and then do your own. Right. Stunts. Did you do all your own stunts on the movie? I did all my own acting. <laughs> and so anytime that there was action acting i did a lot of my action acting uh, that's good that's yeah good. it's it's kind of it gets kind of uh -huh. cloudy because it's like it's like technically what is a stunt because like i didn't fall yeah. out of a building but i f i felt like i like when you watch this you're gonna see this movie and go that's bert yeah that's definitely bert doing that <laughs> like hey how did you do that bert uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so excited for your movie i'm so excited for you and when you're posting how Mark Hamill's playing your dad, and then you post the video of you doing the Darth Vader voice to Mark Hamill, was, I was so happy for you. You were talking about oh, yeah. Ben Affleck's successes. That's how I, I felt watching. I was like, oh, I oh. can't believe someone has done this from comedy. I, 
I think it's so cool. I, I can't I, wait to watch it. I, I think I think it's going to be. I think people are going to enjoy it. I think they're going to get a kick out of it. I think I think it'll catch a lot of people off guard, and they're going to be like, uh-huh. "Whoa, this isn't what I thought it was going to be." Yeah. And so uh, I, I'm wait. excited. I told I told uh, Legendary, I don't even want to put a trailer out. Oh, really? Yeah, because because I, I trailers always ruin it. Uh huh. Like, yeah, wouldn't it be too much? Away, wouldn't it be yeah. cool to not know anything about the movie? And I just, love not knowing anything about the movie. And just like like if we do it on a, a streamer, like and you never know. If it goes into movie theaters, you, you definitely got to do a trailer because you got to get people to go out to the movie theaters. But if we did it on a streamer, I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't put out a special, or I wouldn't yeah. put out a, a trailer, or do a trailer, but with no video uh-huh. to it, just audio. Well, and you are so good at promo videos that you probably could get plenty of hype without. A trailer. I could probably do. I could probably piecemeal a trailer together. Uh huh. Not front like I could probably figure out a, a, a promo video to promote the movie. But I just feel like I, I keep going back to the two movies I saw as a kid that I knew nothing about, right? Nothing yeah. about. One was Footloose and one was Karate <laughs> Kid. And I went to both of those movies. I mean, I wasn't the kind of kid that was like up on trailers, you know? Yeah. Or like up on re- new releases. No kids were when we were kids. Yeah. Nobody would. You couldn't see it unless you were at the theater. Yeah. And, and my buddies were like, we're going to go see Karate Kid. And I was like, what's it about? And they're like, it's about a kid that learns karate, clearly. And I was like, oh, that that makes sense. And I showed up late and I sat behind them. I didn't even know I was sitting behind them. And I did not know anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. And I watched it beginning to end. At the end, I was sobbing, crying. And I was like, this is the great, this might be the greatest movie I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Uh, that movie and then Footloose, we drove, Eric Nupple's mom drove us and she had a, a tan van and she drove all of us. She had like four boys and they each brought a friend, me and, Eric and I think Brian Crane, Brian Callahan went and and we're pulling up to the movie theater. I said, "What movie are we seeing?" And they were like, "Footloose." And I go, "What is it?" And they're like, uh, "It's about these kids that can't dance." <laughs> and I was like, "I thought they were joking." Uh-huh. And I was like, "Hey, man, I maybe I should have told you more about me before we <laughs> like I don't really care about dancing. It's not like something that I and yeah. I fucking walked out of that movie dancing. And I was like, that was oh, great. Yeah. But I think there's something so key." To not knowing anything about a movie, mm-hmm. and I wonder if I wonder if it if it lowered like like I didn't know anything about Trainwreck. I didn't never saw the trailer, mm-hmm. but I saw the movie. I loved it. Yeah, um, I loved it too. And I never met Amy Schumer, but it made me love her for how many comics she put in the movie. Yeah, well, I don't I don't put any comics in the movie. <laughs> I, I tried, but it was a, there's one there's a Serbian comic, but uh, but like yeah, it's 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 fun. Like there was a movie called. Uh, it's oh it's it's a it's a it's a like any time travel movie that i don't know anything about and just start uh-huh. watching i fucking get it i yeah. love you don't need to see the trailer and the trailer i think sometimes takes away from it the only trailer that didn't take away from how funny the movie was to me was um austin powers uh-huh oh what that, a funny movie austin that movie Power. was i saw the trailer and I said to my girlfriend at the time, I'm, I'm seeing that that week it comes uh-huh. out. That was the first movie I said, that week it comes out, I'm going yeah. to watch this movie. This movie looks hilarious. And the joke I laughed at in the trailer was like, oh, Austin, that's you in a nutshell. And he's like, no, this is me in a nutshell. <laughs> Help, I'm in a nutshell. Get me out of a nutshell. And I was like, I'm watching this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and and that movie delivered. It was so fucking funny. You know what movie, the, tra- like, the movie I would cite as the funniest trailer of any movie was Ted. 
Ted was a great trailer. Ted had the Ted had a trailer that I watched over and over again of like, you got to see this trailer. Like you would say, this is a funny YouTube video. You got to yeah. watch it. That's how good Ted's trailer was on its own. I'll tell you the movie that uh, the movie that did not live up to its trailer. Still a good movie. Not shitting on it. But the trailer was so good that I went. Ugh. I mean, I saw it anyway. Was Let's Be Cops. Man, I'm not sure if I, this is Tracy Morgan, right? No, no, it's uh, it's, Ke it's Keenan Ivory Wayne's son. Okay, Damon Wayne's Jr. Yeah, and Johnson. and Jake Johnson. Jake Who's Johnson. Jake Johnson? Oh, uh, I gotta go watch that. Fucking Jesus, Damon Wayans. Uh, have you ever seen Damon Wayans do stand up? The the father the, uh, or the son, Damon Wayans Senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the dad. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I opened for him one week because when I was living in Raleigh, you know, he came through, and uh, I don't think he was bringing an opening act, so there was no host. He just wanted to do a two man show, and uh, I was the local guy that got to do it. And I watched, and I've opened for so many Saturday Night Live and in Living Color people that are like sketch people and passable as comics. And I watched Damon Wayans and was blown away at one how good he is as stand-up one of the most amazing storytellers people don't talk about how good, he's so he's, so good at stand-up son's really good too yeah damon wayne's junior, junior is really good too but his, damon wayne senior is such a fucking amazing comic uh-huh amazing com he had a special when i first got into stand-up in 1997 he had a special out that was on like hbo or showtime that was fucking amazing uh-huh amazing dude and and he you know, I I am friends with the guy who wrote and I think directed Blank Blank Man. Uh -huh. I thought Blank Man was a great fucking movie. Yeah, I loved it. Let's Be Cops is such a great premise. These two guys, I, I'm fucking it up, but they're like, they need costumes for Halloween, and they're like, well, I don't know what are we gonna do. And the guy's like, let's be cops. And then he was like, fuck it, let's be cops. And then uh -huh. they go out the next day dressed as cops, and they just and life's easier. And then they get involved. It's such a great premise, uh -huh. and the and the and the 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 trailer sold it so well, but it it I don't know it was still a good movie, but it could I just thought I had it's like it, it all the fun, like was in the trailer and, and the movie lost a little bit of it. Yeah, I would never shit on anyone for making a movie. It was still a great movie. It may, I enjoyed it. I watched it. I think I ran into Damon Wayans or or the other guy, Jack Johnson. Jake Johnson and told him I really liked his movie. Oh, yeah. Like it was a good movie, but it was that trailer was so good that I was like, this is going to be a fucking amazing movie. And then I saw it and I went, trailer was better. And that you don't want to run the risk of the trailer being better. Yeah. 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 It's a bummer when all the funniest moments are in the trailer. It is. Cause you're like, and I don't want that to happen with this movie. Cause I, th and I think also the thing about a good movie is you should also not know where the story's going. Mm -hmm. That's part of the fun of it is yeah. not knowing where the story's going. And I, and I think that is one of the one of the strengths our movie has is that it's a good story and and you know it's obviously I'm a storyteller and so I was very I was very mindful of making sure that this is a fun story uh -huh. and so I would love to not do a trailer I'm sure we'll do a trailer uh -huh. and I'm sure it'll be all the funny parts of the movie <laughs> and then I'm sure it'll go it'll do great in the movie theaters because we uh -huh. and everyone will be like I don't know I thought it was yeah. okay and. Am I right that 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 year that we did all the shows together around 2011 is that when you started doing the machine on That's stage? That's right when I started doing the machine. Yeah, it was. I mean, amazing. It was a crazy. It's crazy how like a couple people's advice will just change your life forever. Yeah, 
Joe Rogan telling me you got to tell that on stage. And I was like, I don't know, man. Yeah. And he's like, no, you have to tell that on stage. It's such a good story. I was like, eh, it's not a stage story. And he was like, no, you're fucking wrong. Yeah. You got to tell it on stage that. And that was when I started telling it. That was all. That was it. That was when I started selling tickets. Not a lot, but I started selling some tickets because I just done Rogan. I told the machine on Rogan. Uh, I would go on. I was doing podcasts a lot. Mm -hmm. We were doing the documentary. Yeah. Well, I would love to fucking release that documentary. I would love it if you released it too, because I think I'm in it. Yeah, you are. And I would love to get some new Instagram followers. And <laughs> I was, I feel like I would just, I, I, I would, I, I would, I don't know how, I, I think it's too complicated. It sucks. Yeah. It's too complicated because you're so big now though. I, I bet people would love to just see it was that such, moment in your career. It would be interesting. It would be definitely interesting. Um, it was, I was super honest about everything. I think that's, I'd mm -hmm. be nervous to see what I said in it. Um, but yeah, I, 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 at one point I toyed with just buying it from those guys. Oh yeah. And just being like, just give me a price and I'll just pay for it. Right. You could even put it on YouTube and I could put it on YouTube and probably yeah. recoup money. And then I thought about putting it on YouTube and sharing ad sales with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think one of the guys really dislikes me. Um, for no reason we were so close we were such good friends and i if i'm not mistaken he just i think he's very angry that that movie never got out and i don't blame him i'm very angry that it never got out yeah but it was just it was just like uh it was just one of those things where it was like we did it and then we never really did like a business contract before and then when they came with a business contract i was like well that's not i didn't find that totally fair uh-huh and uh <laughs> and, the popularity of your podcast makes me hope that after we talk about this documentary that never came out just there's going to be this overwhelming demand of like we want to see Bert's documentary i would love i would love if people would hit i would love i would love if these two guys hit me up and they're like yo man let's figure something out i would love yeah that. and i've and i've hit them both up i've hit one of them up probably the one that showed you the clip uh-huh um I, I hit him up and i was like hey man let's figure something out and he was a little trepidatious of like, yeah, you know, we got to talk to the other guy. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, how do we figure it out? And I, and I think that, you know, well, if it is, and you can bleep out his name if you don't want to, if it is, cause we just did like a bullshit show somewhere recently that he was on and he was like, ah, I haven't seen you since we did the thing. And he wasn't did actually, you realize, did you realize it was him? I knew. Yeah. I remembered him and, uh, he he brought he it up. He's like, do you remember that? that? He got well, into stand up. Yeah, he's from doing that. stand up. So that's when I saw him. He was doing stand up. And he didn't actually show me the thing, but he definitely does want it out and harbors no ill will. I don't, yeah, he's you. the one I've talked to. He doesn't harbor any ill will. But and I'm not certain yeah. the other guy does either. I, I'm not certain. I haven't talked to the other guy. Uh -huh. and, and we used to be like really fucking close. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't know the guy you're talking about. I knew the other guy really well. He brought in the other guy. Yeah. And we had, by the way, this is what really sucks. We had such a fun time making it. Uh -huh. We were together all the time. We laughed so fucking hard. We screened it and it screened really well. Everyone liked it in the screening. Uh-huh. And uh and and it it was just a fucking it was just the thing of like when you go into a project, you should go into a project uh with a contract and mm -hmm. just say this is where everyone lies because I think we tried to figure it out in the flow and i think you know it didn't help that we did a screening everyone liked it and then everyone wants to be like well i think this is how it should go and then managers and agents get in and manager managers and agents are like 
No, we have no benefit. There's no benefit. It doesn't help us. Yeah. None, none of this helps your career. So let's just huh. put it on pause. And then they were like, wait, what the fuck? And I was like, I, I'm, I was in the middle going like, and now I would definitely, I would, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have them on the podcast. I haven't talked to one of the guys in fucking since oh, yeah. we did it. Oh, that'd be interesting to listen to. By the way, the, the, I had so much fun with those guys. Like I had so much fucking fun with those guys. We traveled around the world together and uh -huh. they were witnessing like, like they were, they, and it was like, they were so happy for me. Cause like things were finally happening in my career. And like, we went to Amsterdam and I did a show and I had a really good set. And then they came back and they were like, dude, the fucking cameramen were laughing. Like they were, they were sharing uh -huh. with me what they witnessed. <laughs> and they, they like, it, they, it was so much fucking fun. And when we screened it, like we had such a good screening. And, uh, and then I, I think I, you know, I, I don't know exactly. I'm certain they're, li if they're listening to this or like, that's not what happened, Bert. I'm certain there are saying that. And they're, and it's one of those things that we just talked about, you know, let them represent their truth and right. I'll represent mine, but it would be a fun project to put out. And once again, no trailer, just drop it. Yeah. Just give it, like, give it to Netflix and go, it would be cool to give it to Netflix or, or give it to you know, Netflix will be a good home for it. And just like, when I do my next special, just do uh -huh. a side deal and go, this is, this is a little companion piece yeah. that you can throw up get them to just give a price where they're like, we're cool with it. But I think there's also a weird thing where they're, you know, where they've got to be like, well, as, as I'm sure they're thinking as birds value increases, this project increases. Yeah. Which isn't the best way. To it look would be at. cool if it was just like, I saw some, I think maybe Patton Oswalt did this. Like there was an episode two, like his special. And then there was, you know how on Netflix is usually the episode two was a special from his opening act. Of, it would be cool if your episode two was that documentary. It's a it's a cool because yeah. you just watch it. Oh my god, I love this guy. Let me see more of him. Yeah, I don't know. It would be I would be, it would be cool to just drop on like I don't know. You'd have to get everyone everyone's financing like every yeah. the financials of everyone of what everyone expects to make of it because once you've been sitting on a project this long, I'm I'm certain they have a price point that they've thought of of what they'd sell uh -huh. it for, you know? Um, Although 10 years later, they might be happy to get anything. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think either of them are financially hurting. So I think they're, Oh yeah. It's kind of like, they're like, I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, I think that's, well, I know that's how I feel as I go, yeah. like, well, I have so many things in the pipeline right. that it's, it's definitely not high on my list, uh -huh. but I just think I just, it would, it just bums me out that it never got released. Cause I know that, I know that there would be some people that liked it. And I know that, and it was so much fucking fun. You, we all hung out together. It was, it was a blast. I mean, for me, it would be huge because I'm just a guy now living in LA, not working on a show with no representation. I would love to be in a show. I would love to be in a documentary that was on Netflix. It was a fun <laughs> fucking, it was a fun, it was a fun show to do. Uh, it was really fun. And that was at the beginning of like the whole Rogan thing. I remember you know, we made, uh, we made t-shirts and we promoted it with t-shirts uh -huh. and those are the t-shirts I sell to this day. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's been, uh, yeah. The machine t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, and I was selling yeah. them at shows. People and, would be waiting in line to buy oh, those machine t-shirts. You look back, man. And get pictures of you. And it's, I would like to see, I haven't seen the documentary yeah. in forever. I'd like to watch it. Uh-huh. Maybe I'll do a screening. <laughs> Maybe that's a, like a fun thing to do. Maybe I'll see if Legendary will buy yeah. it. Do a screen. Invite me. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> Dude, this has been a great podcast. We should probably wrap it up. It. I feel okay, like we're, yeah. we're at two hours. 
I'm supposed to hang out with my dad tonight. Thank God we did one drink and a cigar. I don't feel that bad. I feel like pretty. Now I'm going to go fucking murder some pizza in my house. Dude, I, I, so what's going on with Steve Austin's show? Are you doing more of those? I don't know that they're doing another season of it. I wish that oh, I could do more of it. it was such a fun show. I wish. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had a fun job on it. If you watch Steve Austin's show, Straight Up with Steve Austin, I think it was the third season. At the end of the show, he goes, and these are three things I learned from hanging out with this person. My whole job was watching the episode and then coming up with the three things. At the, It was like a dream. It was such a cool job. I hope that one day I would get another job like Steve that. Steve Austin. I could have Steve Austin on the podcast. Yeah, it was so fun. Your episode was so fun. I got fucking wasted that day. Yeah, you got and, th and thought I got COVID because <laughs> we were shooting guns inside a car. Uh -huh. I, I have very sensitive lungs. Yeah. It was dusty and my allergies kicked oh, in. No. And I ended up getting a chest infection and then going on the road, had to get tested for COVID like five fucking times. Oh, man. But I got, ended up getting a chest infection that day because we ended up partying balls. Yeah. I got drunk as fucking shit. Uh-huh. Oh, I got hammered. And then I ended up doing the tennis challenge with Tom the next day. <laughs> yeah. God, that's fucking... That was a fun show. Yeah. It was very It was very. So you're doing the road right cool. now? Yeah. Now, like, I'm just back to doing the road, you know, just trying to make something. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in the weird spot of like, I move, I moved out here to work on the show. The show fell through the other show I got on fell through. So now I'm just, I'm like, I'm, I I've written something, but like, I don't, I don't have anyone that can go. I, I can only show it to my friends. It's, I'm just hoping that, uh, things catch on. I'm doing stand up and loving it and yeah. loving the jokes that I'm doing and hoping things catch on again and something, something else happens. We'll do One it. thing we haven't talked about yet. And I do want to wrap, wrap, you want to wrap it up. I also have to go to the bathroom super bad, but, uh, we both love Wilco. We've never talked about that the whole time we're hanging out. We're both love Wilco. Can I tell you something that made me feel good about, uh, writing, like trying to write TV shows and trying to write stories and stuff. What's that? is uh, Jeff Tweedy's got two books and they're both great. And the second one is called How to Write One Song. And he gives this advice in How to Write One Song where he says a lot of people don't try to write one song. And I just relate everything to jokes or writing or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he said um, a lot of people don't write one song because they feel they wouldn't be good at it. And he goes, but have you ever thrown a Frisbee? Were you great at it? No, no, Never. no, you weren't. So why will you throw a Frisbee, but you won't try to write one song or in my mind, write one script or write one story. It's just a great thing to think about when you're blocked by if I try this and it's not good, it's going to be a disaster. It's funny because I, I definitely <clears throat> there are jokes where I, that I have. I have one in particular that I'm thinking of that I've been trying to write forever. Mm -hmm. And I just and I just I go, I guess I'll never write that joke. But I did it with all the other ones all the other ones i got there and so yeah. you, you go why can't i just do it with this one maybe i'll try to write a song a dude yeah write a song jeff tweedy is like He's i don't amazing. i don't think i don't think he'd be a big fan of my brand <laughs> but i fucking love what he but does he has an amazing sense of humor i think from reading his books and uh i would love to hear him on your podcast i would love to hear you guys talk to one another he, uh, by the way I'll, I'll tell you what it's so fun here's what i'll do i this is my this is my my pitch to Jeff Tweedy. He used to do these living room shows, uh -huh. right? Have you ever seen, heard, listen to them? No. They're fucking amazing. Are they in YouTube? Jeff I Tweedy. Jeff just Tweedy. Solo? Jeff, you can't, you can find them on YouTube probably. He would, 
for 25 grand, he would come to your living room and he would play a gig for you and your friends. And he would, uh, and then he would give the money to charity. Uh huh. Wow. Right. Wow. So fucking solid. Now I'm sure his price has gone up astronomically. Uh huh. But if he gives me a price point for a private concert, I will, I will, I will meet that price point. I'm not going to uh-huh. pay it by myself, but I can, I can crowdsource it through Hollywood. Yeah. And make sure that we get enough people to do a private concert in yeah. my backyard <laughs> in, and then, and then, or do it on my podcast uh-huh. or do it and, and give it to whatever charity he wants. Cause I know wow. that's been his thing. I, I almost, this is when I had no fucking money whatsoever is I tried to get enough people to do a crowd to crowdfund it to do it in my living room because I wanted him to play because you get to submit the list of songs you want him to play. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Tweedy's a pretty fucking badass dude. Uh-huh. I, I fucking, but I, I think, like I said, I think my lifestyle is not conducive to a healthy lifestyle for him. <laughs> dude, I'm trying to, the movie he, the movie they wrote, um, the movie they did, the documentary. Oh yeah. It's I like, love that documentary. Yeah. That's the whole basis of me doing a documentary was that documentary. Really? Yeah. Cause I watched that and I was like, oh, this is like right when Wilco changed yeah and and they blew up and and i was like oh this is i feel things are happening for me i'm you know at the time i was still in travel channel i mean it probably would have been better to do it at a different time in my career but i go things are happening things are changing this would be a great time to do it and it's like the first time people were coming up to me going the machine and i was like yeah like so excited (laughs) god damn it we gotta release that documentary i'm texting um well dude congratulations on moving out here congratulations being in a healthy relationship thank you let's go surfing Oh, yeah. When, when I in. get my arm back in, in September, let's go surfing. Yeah, I'd love to. You surf with your daughters. Uh-huh. And then when I come out, we're surfing. Okay, deal. Deal, brother. Deal. Thank you. Thanks, Bert. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.